give me a kiss to build a dream on And my imagination will thrive upon that kiss mm, Sweetheart, I ask no more than this A kiss to build a dream on We have lasted as a podcast longer than the Gummy Bears ever did, which I think... Did they only last, like, a single season? Uh, you officially know more about the Gummy Bears than I do. As I someone think. who used to own the Disney Afternoon soundtrack, you'd think you'd be more Johnny on the spot about this information. Uh, my first... I still have somewhere my first uh, action figure, which is, I think, Dummy Gummy. Was that his name? The fat the big, one? big, fat, round one? Yeah. yeah. The guy, yeah, the guy, guy sounded Gummy like Peter Bankman. Yep, I have a Dummy Gummy action figure. Okay, somewhere. I'm gonna have to Wikipedia this. See how long the Gummy Bear TV show actually lasted. Something tells me they lasted more than a season, dude. Yeah, because they were super popular. Oh no, they were around for like six years. Yeah. Oh dude. man, I gotta get some of the. Oh, I gotta illegally download. I gotta find an internet dumpster so that Gummy Bears. Made. Why do they not have a Disney Afternoon Blu-ray set? Because you oh can only God. okay. I'm gonna th- just throw out there that that shit probably does not benefit from being on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> that is stuff you're supposed to be watching on your crappy, like, standard depth TV. I know, that that should come on, that should be a VHS box set that comes comes with a CRT television set. Exactly. From, like, 1982, friend. yeah. Hey everybody, I guess we should do some for an introduction. This is the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. We're here to talk to y'all about more pop culture detritus. Oh, I forgot to put on my bastion, uh, my uh, kerchief, my bir- so I, so I could uh, be in solidarity with the transistor guys who made a terrible game that I unfortunately do not care for. Oh, really? You're not. I don't think transistor, transistor is terrible, but man, that game bounced right the fuck off of me. I yeah. This is one of the uh, drawbacks of hearing about a game. And you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm guaranteed to buy that game just because I like the creator so much. And then you go into the game because you haven't been paying attention to any kind of the media about that game with kind of like you don't know what it is and you might be expecting something, the game to be something based off of your prior experience with that company's games. I expected this to be a pure action game like uh, Bastion. I did not expect the RTS elements. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and after like two or three hours, I just put it down. I was like, ah. See, I'm kind of the opposite in that, well, I should say, you and I branch at a point, because I also was like, well, I enjoyed Bastion enough that I'll buy this game. I hated the gameplay of Bastion, because I am not good at that kind of, like... See, I figured that's how we were going to break down. Well, it's not like I hate the gameplay of uh, Transistor, which is, I don't think it's bad, it's just I didn't... Well, there are some design choices, which I do think are, uh, well, not very... They're not very uh, welcoming to uh, people playing that kind of game for the first time. But anyway, you go ahead. You, you talk about your impressions about that. See, trip. I never play any sort of strategy games at all, and mm-hmm. I actually find it to be... I, feel, I find all of it to be pretty pretty straightforward, except for the um, the power system and like the power, the way you can group and combine powers and the way when you die in, in Transistor, you lose a, or excuse me, as you get damaged, you lose powers. Yeah. And they seem to first, at least in my brief experience so far, they seem to take away the power that you're using most frequently. Yeah, it seems completely random which one they take. Do you think, so I haven't played enough to really... F- is, okay. That sounds I, I crazy. Why would you do that? The the the, the power used most often. 
I get the... I, I don't know. It's, I, maybe but, it's to make you, like, use other... Like, to force sure. you to try to, like, experiment with other powers and not just use one as a crutch, but... And they do they do a couple of things to kind of encourage you to spice it up. Another yeah. of which is... And I don't want to spoil Transistor too much. I'll talk about the gameplay, but I don't want to talk about the elements of it too much because it's... Um, I feel like it, like Bastion, is yeah. best experience going into Well, I haven't gotten far enough no. into it to actually see much of the story that I could even be spoiled. Well, I know I, well, I can be spoiled, I, but I, I can't mean, spoil too much because all I know... Something about a dude lives in a sword. I don't want to... I don't mean the story, Bill. I mean elements. Like, for example, a dude lives in a sword. What? It is a game where Let's I feel wait, like... Wait. I saw the announcement trailer, like, two years ago, and I haven't seen anything else, and even between, I know a dude lives in a sword. There is a way, big difference between a talking sword and a dude who lives in a sword. Well, that's what and I meant. also... How he comes to be in the sword and what that oh, means. Oh, is that actually gets revealed later? Well... No, I mean, but just, like, I feel like that is a game that is not really about the story, and I don't necessarily think it's about gameplay. It's about tone and elements and this world they're developing, and I think discussing it, any any of those things too much ruins it, because okay. that's the pleasure of the game. Do you not estimation. think, is it not a little man who lives in the sword, like a little, like, tiny, like, little microbial guy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a minifigure, Bill. <laughs> he has it's a little a house. minifigure. Every time she swims the sword, he's attention. like, oh my god, no, oh, my, 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 my all the books are my bookshelf fell off. Anyway, they have a very clever mechanic where they, in, in not very clever, but it's anti-bait where they encourage you to use different abilities because as you use different abilities, you can unlock different parts of the story a little bit. Can we talk about elements of the game that you see like in the first like 20 minutes, like the fact that your That's... powers are based off of people? Uh-huh. Yeah, Bill. You know, I just said I don't want to talk about that shit because That's it's more pleasurable to explore. Hey, spoilers. Uh, Super Mario oh Brothers, uh, the mushroom makes you bigger. See, but the thing is, is that imagine in Super Mario Brothers at the platforming or not the pleasure. Imagine that it's the fact that it was a mushroom that makes you well, bigger. Well, that's not entirely dislike Super Mario Brothers because according to the original Super Mario Brothers instruction manual, all the bricks in the original Super Mario Brothers game that you're smashing with your head to get at the power-ups were citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom who were turned into bricks by Koopa. So you're kind of committing mass genocide by, like, <laughs> by willy-nilly smashing all these bricks, which is not entirely, like, okay, what I said about the powers in, in, in <laughs> But no, anyway. my point is, is that, like, bat, I feel like Bastion and both, and Transistor both, it's, like, little things, like, the, the game devs set recommended that people who bought the soundtrack and the game, that they not listen to the soundtrack before they played the game, because yeah. the soundtrack is oral spoilers, and that's oh, kind of really? how I feel okay. about... I feel about the whole experience. I feel it's not so much about the gameplay, or it's about, or even the story, or even the characters per se. It's about being in this world and experiencing this world. Like and the immersion music. of it? Yeah, and things you do to break that immersion. Like, also, I feel like it's what I like about Bastion is that, in the, excuse me, Supergiant Games, is that they create these worlds that feel. Like, there's stuff going on, and they don't feel the need to explain it to you. Yeah. Well, and this game just... is definitely a lot more cryptic about that stuff. Yeah, Bastion did the same thing, well, and that was my did, favorite. This story seemed to be simpler, where it was more just like you're in this world that's being destroyed. And this is this has a whole thing. There's different crazy plots. There's very sp more specific characters and very specific backgrounds to different characters that you're trying to figure out what happened. 
Yeah. It's a more populated world, and what seems this to be going true. on seems to be a little more sophisticated. But then again, that's only what I'm seeing from just the first couple hours of gameplay. Who knows? if Maybe at the very end, it just turns into uh, the choice of, oh, the world's been destroyed. Can you bring it back or not With like by singing finally once you get your voice back? Or it might be something very simple, simple or similar to Bastion, but I don't know. My point is, is that with both Bastion and and uh, Transistor, their um, their games where they don't feel the need to um, shove the exposition in your face, nor do they um, uh, from the get go. I should say yeah. it's not to say the game doesn't get expository as things go on, but also that um, uh, it's all about the slow and gradual discovery of those things. And but yeah. at the same time, it doesn't necessarily. They do a pretty good job of making it feel like. It's not um, just all um, faux, like just uh, oh, it's fucking word I'm thinking of when you have fake buildings and it's just the front of the fake uh, facade. facades. Yeah, it's not it's not all just like world building facade where there's actually like there is a foundation and some depths to it. And uh, I'm just saying that the less you know about Transistor, the more pleasant it is. Yeah. Other than with the exception of the surprise that it's a or not that it's a real time strategy ish turn based RPG thing. Do you think the game ends? It's like a prequel to uh, Singing in the Rain, where she finally opens her mouth and you hear her voice. And I can't <laughs> stand them. That's the only thing she says. in smash cut to credits. Yeah. I'd be down. But anyway, I really—it's really a very pretty game, and I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. And I like the feeling of loneliness that they're—they're they're really good at evoking. Well, I kind of wonder, too. man. I can't. I've, I've heard other people talk about how this game encourages a second play through the game, which kind of sounds like they may be doing some things like that, like Bastion did, because Bastion kind of yeah. had that, that dynamic too. So, it's. Not, I wonder if there's kind of a big choice at the end of the game, or I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. I, I'm eventually going to go back to Transistor, but yeah, no. Like I said, it's 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 nothing really wrong with Transistor. As much yeah. as it's just me, just there are times when you're not in the mood for a certain. Yeah, certain and it's funny because know? it's not like I'm against RTS stuff. I mean, you're talking to somebody who would not shut the fuck up about uh, fucking Fire Emblem all last year. It's just mm. not what I expect. I came into that game yeah. expecting like a fast-paced action game, and which it can be. It's not like you have to play like an RTS, which I do uh, really appreciate too. You can just kind of play it as a basic, you know, just hack and slash. Although it's not mm-hmm. really designed for. They really are encouraging you to stop time and, and plot things mm-hmm. out, but. But if they wanted you to do that, should they should make it so you can dodge automatically or your character ran a little bit faster. That's the thing that, like, from a gameplay perspective, kind of killed me, was the fact Bill, that your character's so you not, slow. Have you not unlocked the jaunt ability? Yeah, but the jaunt thing. Okay, so the jaunt ability lets you zip around the world. Mm-hmm. and uh, But uh, jaunt is also the only power that lets you actually use the, like, actually, uh, uh, use the sword and fight, uh, while your RTS energy meter is refilling itself, because when you do all the RTS stuff, the moment you're done with an RTS turn, you're defenseless, like, for a good 30 seconds, you, you can't fight, you have to run. Bill, uh, have you not unlocked the passive ability that if you attach jaunt to another power, then you can use it while you're reloading? Yes, which is fantastic, but then you lose <laughs> jaunt! You're one defensive <laughs> way that you can, you can like, easily quickly run and hide. So That's that, a strategic that is one of the basic, choice that you've made, Bill. I thought That's... that was a terrible game. That is actually one of the things where I thought that was an actual bad gameplay design thing, where you have, in order to be able to defend yourself between turns, like you have to give up your ability to, uh, ability to dodge. Or move quickly, and that's that shouldn't be an either or thing in a game like this. That should be you should be able to see, use, but that you oh. have to approach the level in such a way that you have placed yourself behind cover and blah 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 blah. I know. 
You can, you, I feel you though, dude. There's I a do. home button though. You can't go wrong with it. There, who, ha, yeah. yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. Eventually, there's a fire dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did get the dog. Yeah. I didn't see him catch on fire. What are they gonna do? If either the, the 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 lady who paints all their games or the lady who sings all their music ever quits that that studio, what are they gonna do? <laughs> oh man. Uh, so anyway, transistor. Yeah. It's a beautiful game, and I'm enjoying it so far. Not bad. Uh, it's been it's a kind of a nice moment right now where I have four different games on my PS4 that I'm kind of bouncing between. Oh yeah, what are the other ones? Which is not the way to do it. I really need to just hunker down. And the only problem with Transistor is that it's a game that my wife and I want to play together. Yeah. And uh, that that means like I can't. I wanted to play it today, but she's at work. Uh, and it's like yeah. we, I, so now I feel like I've had to play Transistor in little bites and chunks as opposed to just sitting down and really making a meal out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is not the way to play Transistor. But let's see, I've got Transistor, I've been noodling a little bit with Stick It to the Man, thanks to the recommendation of uh, Grumpy Turtle, mm-hmm. uh, dear listener Grumpy Turtle. Um, I've still got that dumb shit uh, Spider-Man game. <laughs> and... You did not beat that yet? That seems like something you could play while Foley's not there. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, and there's some other game, I can't remember now. I kind of want to get the dumb shit Wolfenstein game. <laughs> you know what? I... You and me both. We might, one of us should buy the copy and let the other one borrow it because, yeah. Well, so what? What? What about it that got you thinking about it? Just that people. Okay, I do. There is a part of me where I like some dumb shooters. Yeah, I do. I have. There is sometimes food, though. I will say the only part of it that made me go nope, no Wolfenstein Stein for me is when uh, they talked about. Uh, Oh, you can see the concentration camps from the inside. I'm like, that's not. Oh yeah, I just saw Kotaku just had a ridiculous headline about that. You could witness it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no, no thanks. That's Although considering this from. takes place in a weird like 1960s like retro futuristic. Yeah. It's it's not gonna be the. It's not like you're gonna be in Auschwitz. It sounds like you're just gonna be. There's like gonna be like internment camp in the middle of like London in 1960. Great. Like, it's going to be a dumb fictionalization that totally minimizes. It's gonna the be the League of, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen concentration camp, where it's gonna be some kind of that ridiculous, is the twisty, most terrible sentence I have. Heard I know. No, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's not. <laughs> at least you're not gonna be like. It's not like you're gonna be hanging out with Anne Frank, and it's gonna be like Eleanor, and you're, you're you don't quizzing know, her. dude. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But no, I saw. Did you see like what happens like at the beginning of the game where you go up to a bunk, like a bed bunk, and you could like there's a uh, press X to nightmare button that you could sleep, and then you have a nightmare and what that nightmare is? No. There's basic mm-hmm. Easter eggs that I kind of wish I didn't know about now, so I'm not going to spoil it on the podcast. But there seems to be like some funny world building and weird little little throwbacks to the original uh, like uh, 3D. Uh, Wolfenstein games from like 25 years mm-hmm. ago. It seems it's it seems kind of funny where they this. Also, they do have the baby mode. Did you see what your character like? What the menu screen for the for the dif- game difficulties are? No. So uh, the game difficulty screen it shows a picture of your dude BJ Blackus Blaskowitz, and if you put it on the easiest difficulty, which I think is called baby difficulty, he puts on a little bib and a bonnet and like a little sucker. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm glad there is finally, literally, an easy mode for babies in a game. Yeah, I like and just even the kind of characters in the writing from what I've seen some, from some of the playthroughs this week seem kind of cool because, like, I guess your boss is some, like, super bitter old English lady who's, like, crippled in a wheelchair, but, like, the, both she and uh, you're the character that you're playing as, I guess, got fucked up in a fight years ago, but they're kind of, like, buddies, and... I don't know. It seems like if, 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 if we were to... 
uh, share a copy or if that goes on sale, which we'll probably do in the next two weeks. It'll probably be 40 bucks in two weeks. But... I was going to say, Bill, when it's 40 bucks, you and I can split it 2020. Well, we all, are you buying Watch Dogs this week? No. No. Okay, why not? Uh, honestly, someone said, it's like Grand Theft Auto with hacking and that tune. <laughs> that... I was. Nope. It's because it's 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 funny because I've been one of the first people to complain or just about the tone of the game, and how mm-hmm. that main character seems like such a fucking raving douchebag. Uh, but then I started watching gameplay videos this week, and I was like, oh man, it's but it's like open world. I thought for some reason I thought it was gonna be like an Assassin's uh, Assassin's Creed game where most of your transversal was gonna be just on foot and climbing shit. And now this is actually you're stealing cars, and it's like a you know miniature scale recreation of Chicago. And I'm a sucker for open world games that take place in real-world cities. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, man. And also, like, my, my first, like, next-gen open-world game, I'm like, oh, man. Fuck it. Fuck the hacking. Fuck the main character. I'm just like, I just want to steal cars and just explore Chicago for a while. I pre-ordered and canceled my pre-order for Watch Dogs five times. Yeah. <laughs> on, so on Friday, I, 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 I just put my pre-order in. Just thinking, well, at least I'll, I'll have how all weekend to think about it. Because usually when the games come out on Tuesday, if you pre-order it, the game doesn't, uh, they don't ship the games. Oh, well, from Amazon. They don't ship the games until, like, Monday a- afternoon. And so I was like, thinking, oh, well, yeah, so at least I'll get in so I can at least guarantee that if I do want to keep my copy, it'll be shipped on Monday. But then, literally half an hour after I placed my pre-order, they shipped it. On yeah. Friday. I forgot Memorial Day is Monday. And so they they have uh-huh. to in order to get the, the the games to people on Tuesday they have to ship like uh, earlier than usual. So I was like, ah shit! <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'm getting Watch Dogs now. Um, you can borrow my copy if you ever want to check it out because yeah. I got it for the Xbox One just to, just to spite you. Now you're gonna have to buy an Xbox One. <laughs> no fuck that shit. I got a PlayStation Four because everyone's talking about this. Is another example of the PlayStation Four game being. I think it's I think it runs at the same frame rate, but I think it's like 180 lines of resolution better or some arbitrary shit. Who gives a fuck? But you know, Bill, I'll be too busy replaying Fallout Two. How's that treating you? Uh, so I, uh, I Fallout Two is a really huge game to me, and I was a young person, yeah. and I've played it a billion times, but I haven't played it in a while because I'm I'm in I I'll say I haven't played it in a decade, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I fired it up, <clears throat> and the first thing I did was, I was like, I'm going to play a totally different sort of character than I ever play. I'm going to play a ham-fisted idiot, and I have my intelligence of one, and then boosted everything else. speak? Well, barely, and what's great is, in Fallout 2, they change all of the dialogue if you're an idiot. Oh, so is like that people... the game where you're just like, ugh, and like, ugh, me, me yeah, save it's... you, me get gun? People look at you and like, oh, I'm not even gonna bother. <laughs> that sounds I'm like a fun flavor, though. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it was it was interesting because it's so totally different, like how I normally play. Yeah. But the thing is, is that no one wanted to talk to me, like at all. <laughs> Just I, like, like real the, life. And, and I like the first town I visited, um, where I like I'd played it before. I'm like, oh, this is where I learned how to do this ability, and that gets me lots of money, and this is I can do that, and this, and this mission, and that mission, <laughs> and prelude of this mission, and then and I literally walk through that town and like whatever idiot go to this other town oh maybe kill these rats what'd you name your character like me tupid uh that was betsy <laughs> betsy the dumb dumb and that sounds uh, really, is this this is this like a legal copy of the game that you're playing 
Yeah, I played it on. I got it on good old games oh, right before Christmas. They um they uh they oh, lost the that, yeah. license. So I got it right before they lost. Last I was thinking about getting that, but and then that's that's native. That's Mac native copy of the game yeah. too. You don't have to like yeah. uh, do any kind of magic magic wizardry to get it to work. No, it's preloaded with that magic wizardry. Oh, I should have so. bought that because like I've never played the original uh, Fallout games, and I'd love to go back. Just even if I only play like for five minutes, it'd be nice to go back. Yeah, to I don't see think you would actually is. enjoy it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but still. like I do because it's like it's like it really is like home. Those games are like home in a weird way that I can't yeah. explain. But anyway, that w- I got through that first area, and I was about to continue on. I was like, no. Fuck this. I'm going to play exactly the kind of character I always play. So I, I re- went back You're and I reloaded a high charisma, high intelligent, <laughs> uh, 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 entitled asshole lady named Alice. She's going to be my... So uh, it's Alice and Betsy. That's like the two has your personality. Yep. The knuckle dragger and the, and the suave sophisticated one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the charismatic fucker. Yeah. So... <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, so yeah, I've been playing a lot of Fallout 2. The other thing I did this week was, um, I was, uh, so I don't know, I guess I can talk about this. A little something happened this week. I got some basic rights, which is pretty cool. Hey, Annie, do you enjoy these basic human rights? Yes, I do. I had a tiny breakdown, to be terribly honest with you. I had a tiny nervous breakdown. Um, On Monday... Foley and I are the worst. Foley and I are driving into work, and we pass by the Multnomah Building, which is a um, one of the government buildings here in Portland where you go to have your uh, to get a marriage license yeah. and all that shit. We when we got domestically partnered, that was where we got domestically partnered. Uh, we're driving by, and there's a news van out front and a bunch of people. And Foley and I just look at each other and go, "Did we forget to vote? Like, what's, oh, you guys what's had happening? no idea this was going on." Well, I had heard, I knew that this judge, the judge was going to rule, but I didn't know it was on Monday. So I get to work and they're like, oh no, there's a, a judge who's um, issuing a ruling on this lawsuit that came up about uh, uh, basically a number of homosexual couples uh, were, uh, uh, said that the ban against same-sex marriage in Oregon, that Oregon voters passed into law and amended our constitution in 2002 was unconstitutional yeah. and should be changed and the ban should be lifted and sure enough the judge issued a ruling and gay marriage is now legal in oregon did you say they brought in judge judy just to issue the declaration really bill how'd that go it was hilarious she just yelled at everyone for ever having denied gays the rights anyway she's, <laughs> she's very angry it wasn't even like a speech it's just, it's just... what are you stupid <laughs> what the fuck they're what human the Beings, for God's sake, get a hobby. Uh, They would have also gotten Judge Joe Brown just to throw a shoe at somebody, but he was busy. So anyway, it turns out that um, the sudden acquisition of basic human rights gave me kind of a nervous breakdown, a little bit. A happy nervous breakdown? Oh yeah, it's all good, but it was really very emotionally overwhelming. I know at least two different gay couples now that where they're, they're now stuck with the thing of like, they were kind of living in comfort, not having to worry about the commitment of a marriage ceremony. And now they're like, it's two different couples where one guy is like, I was not ever expecting us to be able to get married and I don't want to get married. <laughs> and so it's well, kind of a thing, thing now. So I'm glad to see even gays now have to deal with the, oh shit, <laughs> kind of issue of like, oh man. It'd be like if the Catholic Church tomorrow said that there's, like, all of a sudden women can be priests. Oh, yeah. It's like, these were just things that were absolutes in my life that I had kind, that were terrible absolutes and not right, but I had to come to terms with them just so I could kind of exist. Mm -hmm. 
And to have it suddenly change, to suddenly go away, it was really emotionally, like, overwhelming. And I spent most of this week just really, like, fucking overwhelmed and, like, struggling just because I couldn't process, like, that it was different and that the world, no one acted like it was different. Like, my wife and I are the only gays that I spoke to that were actually excited my all my coworker gays, uh, of which there are four, are older yeah. and have been like living without basic human rights for a while now, and they were all to a man kind of either ambivalent or bitter, and their response was basically about fucking time. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, which is totally valid, but it was not the celebratory sort of excitement that my wife and I were sharing. So, but anyway, that night I took her out to steak, fancy steak dinner. We we t- talked about impulsively going to get married. Not impulsively, because we'd been domestically partnered for a while, and I proposed to her many years ago. But, um, the, uh, we are like, oh, well, it's right now, it'll be easier to file our taxes, let's just go get the paperwork, uh, pay the $10, $5 waiver to be able to get married instantly, and then go to one of the big parties that's going on in town tonight and get officiated. Let's just do it. But I called my parents, I, I called my mom and ran this by her, mm-hmm. and she was like, you do whatever you want, and then just started weeping. My dad, before I could even propose the idea of just going to get married, said, well, you girls just tell us what you're going to do and we'll be there. We'll just fly <clears> right up. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, my sister, I was convinced my sister would be pissed off because my sister was pissed that she wasn't there for our domestic partnership, which was literally just 60 bucks in a form. But uh, she was like, I wanted to be there. So I'm convinced she's going to be pissed off at even the concept of this. And uh, she... Uh, she just said, well, I miss everything important in your life. This is just like everything else. Don't worry about it. Do whatever you want. But just make sure you do what makes you happy. So I decided not to, for my mom's sake and my family's sake. We'll, we'll do an actual hoot nanny. I'll just tell y'all, boy, howdy nation, you're invited. Woo! And uh, uh, we'll have a hoot nanny. It'll be good. I'm thinking next June. Oh, That's okay. what I'm thinking. So you can be a June bride? Yeah, I'm going to get married in June. You're going to get like, a uh, wedding dress and everything? Like the whole, like it's going to yeah, be an actual we- wedding ceremony. It's not just going to be like in a park with like jeans and... Nope. Yeah. It's gonna be some fancy ass shit, motherfucker. You yeah, no, me? it's 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 funny. Like, yeah, you're you you guys are seriously the only couple I know that are doing that because all the other aside from the two other couples I know who are this is actually kind of a crisis now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everyone else is just like, well, yeah, it's it's it. They're just really hard. They're just like, this is about f- a. We're already married anyway in our in our eyes. So who gives a fuck what the fucking courts say? This is nice from a tax purpose, but again, it's 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 about time. And B and okay, well, this means we'll just trade in our civil union paper for a actual legal, you know, marriage certificate. But fuck the courts yeah. anyway; they should have done this ten years ago. Um, yeah. It's just gonna be a good excuse to have a party and oh, yeah. uh, so. get y'all to give me some more fucking presents. So <laughs> let's let's talk about what's really important here. Anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, basically, I had a nervous breakdown because I have basic rights, and it's overwhelming, and no one gives a shit, but it's really overwhelming, and I can barely handle it emotionally. So, there we go. What'd you do this week, Bill? What basic rights did you acquire, white male? Oh, man, other than bitching about Transistor for a while. The hell did I do this week? Oh, man. Uh, man, do I, I can't remember. Did you see the Lego movie? Yes, I did, Bill. You asked me this last week, and probably in four or five of the Just because it came out on iTunes this week. 
saying, I mm-hmm. forgot how fucking hilarious that goddamn movie is. It's really cute. Um, yeah. it's, it's funny because I saw it at the uh, for the first time in the theater at the Baghdad local uh movie oh, local silent movie palace that got turned into a first run theater just recently. And uh, they, yeah, I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but the sound in there isn't all that good. It's kind of echoey. Uh, because the the Baghdad is an old school movie theater, so it's really just made out of poured concrete, mm-hmm. and uh, there's not a lot of like sound insulation in there. So like watching it on iTunes for the first time, I realized I missed like half the jokes in the fucking movie. Yeah. Just like all kinds of just like 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 you know any kind of like verbal jokes that wasn't just like you know physical comedy, and yeah no that's uh, I still I love the Clone High guys. Yeah. They still made a miraculous goddamn movie with that thing. That that movie is still better than any right. It has any any right to be. It's fucking nuts. Um, I got uh, as part of my ongoing uh, sublimating my drinking impulses in Lego uh, exploration. I got one of the Lego uh, movie se- uh, Lego sets because it came with some cowboys and some western pieces I could use other places. Yeah, where'd you get and that stuff? I- I actually got it at Guardian Games. Oh, you went back down there. Yeah, Aww. yeah. But uh, the uh, um, I gave the Emmett to Foley, the Emmett and the piece de resistance, and she put. It's great because he has this panicked face, so she posted him like he's running, and then set him on our DVD display like he's running from the Looper. Yeah, uh, Blu-ray cover. Wait, what set fun. did he come with? Uh, it. I think he comes in with most of them, but it was with. Fuck, I can't remember. It was some sort of, like, saloon sort of getaway thing. That came I didn't realize, because the... I, I know they have Lego Movie sets. I didn't realize they actually put him in other sets that have nothing to do with the Lego Movie. It has to do... It's a bit from the Lego Movie. Oh, it's, it's just was... the saloon... It's a Lego set of the saloon from the Lego Movie. No, it's like it's like a saloon theme. It's like, because they build, like, all these other things to yeah. chase after him. It's one of the things they build from Oh, those things. Okay, 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 okay. Because I've seen those too. Yeah, I have the Cloud Cuckoo Land set. And that comes with the same Emmett where he he has a paint expression on his face. But he's got the the piece of the resistance on his back. But the resistance. Uh, But also, mine came with uh, Unikitty. So you gotta love it. Yeah, Foley told me that she wants two Unikitties. She wants normal Unikitty and and she wants... Business Kitty. uh, Yes. Yeah, Yeah. you gotta love Business Kitty. Uh, I want Bruce Wayne. I want like a little Bruce Wayne. I want Business Kitty and Bruce Wayne and, and some kind of a set or something. Um, that's cool. I'm glad you've fallen down the Lego well. That's That makes me so happy for some... I don't know Dude, why, but... I My needs are very particular. I just want Legend of Chima sets so I can turn them into... Uh, take the Lone Ranger sets and modify them. Well, I love them. the fact that, yeah, you're modifying... You're taking the characters and you're taking your Wolfman characters and dressing them up like cowboys and stuff, which is fucking hilarious. This week I did expand my furry western kingdom to non uh cow wolves. Oh no, did you do the uh, lions? I got some lions, they're pretty sweet. And <laughs> I then can't we uh, talked about this. We fully I was having a really I woke up yesterday just in a really bad mood cuz like I said I'm really fucking emotionally just like I wrecked and I, it was a really stressful couple weeks at work ah. and stressful stuff with my wife's work situation so it's just been i've been like uh, on the verge of crying for like two weeks now and um so fully is like you're not having a bad day I'm taking you to lego store she drives me out to the lego store oh, we get very nice like little some little uh critter sets and it had like all these other non uh wolf critters i'm like fine let's just i've got a shit ton of these western figures that i have to you gotta occupy. get something yeah 
So yeah, fully we fully made these like little eagle people, and there's a crow person, <laughs> and there's a gorilla. So you're really just creating a furry kingdom at this point. I'm I'm I am full on fell down the furry. Not that say there's anything wrong with that or anything, but yeah. So I learned that BrickCon, the oh, no. uh, Lego Builder Convention, happens in Seattle. So it'll be interesting to see if it come October, if my Mr. Toad-like fixation, if my personal eye of Sauron is still focused on this shit. Well, hopefully it's not as, hopefully it's not entirely just like schlubs like me. Hopefully it's not like a My Little Pony situation where a, a children's thing has been completely overtaken by lonely old white guys. It's going to be both, Bill. Like, I know, they, but hopefully there'll be some kids there or something. They, they have a whole like kids building thing. Uh, it's going to be yeah. like... It's going to be 75-25, Bill, let's be honest. I'd be curious to see what they have there. Well, see, that's the thing. I really fell down the rabbit hole last night, because I fell down the rabbit hole of custom Lego minifigs. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Because, like, it turns out there are a couple of companies online and small businesses where their whole shtick is, like, they, they make, like, custom Lego parts and shit. And I don't just mean, like, do putting new decals on torsos and stuff. I mean, like, actually like, casting, sculptor? like, little yeah, figures yeah. and... I found oh. this one website, BrickWarriors.com. <laughs> in there, I found them because they do a bunch of Western guns and shit. I'm like, well, I need, I need a Buffalo rifle. That only seems logical. I need more bandanas. And are you gonna make but a Red Dead Lego set? I did find someone who sells a John Marston minifig. Oh yeah. man, how much is uh, they, that? Uh, fifteen bucks. That's they not... also had a Mal minifig bill. For for, for what you have to do to probably make those stuff, that the fifteen bucks sounds, but actually, kind of sounds reasonable. Yeah, because real I know I now know from personal experience that buying a a a random minifig separated from its pack is oftentimes equal to the price of the fucking pack in the first place. Wow, so. yeah, you really are starting to learn about Lego. Just I'm telling stuff. you, dude. Yeah, Lego marketing. I fall conditions. down this rabbit hole. Oh, that's uh, great. In pursuit of my yeah, mental health. I wonder if you have more Lego than I do now, because I just have the Winter Cottage, and I've got the Cloud Cuckoo Land, and I've got a couple other things, and it sounds like you're, 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 you may have actually caught up to me. It's not like I have a ton my, of Lego stuff. I just have a couple little sets. But My yeah. focus is on has been on minifigures right now, and I have 25 members of my little town. Oh. 25. Oh, man, that, yeah, that is definitely way more minifigures than I got. And I have... Aww. Seven more bodies that need loyalty. I am still incredibly proud of my, of my Lady Han Solo minifigure, though. As well, you should. That's, that's very, very good, Ravenwood Bill. with Han Solo's hair and his body is fucking great. Oh my god! No, that is that is. So, what's next for that's going to be joining your Lego collection? What 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 can I, we expect in the future? Well, so I did get as a present for myself for my uh, six year or six month sobriety. I got the. Uh, um, Lone Ranger uh, train set. Yeah. Locomotive. So I get to open that in August. Put that together in August. Oh, what happens but in I, August? It's my six month sobriety. Oh, I thought you meant like you bought this because now it's a six month. Oh, okay. No, okay, no, okay. no, no. It will be in honor of my six month sobriety. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I kind of, otherwise, I kind of have all the sets. Like there aren't very many sets, wet, le, Lego Western sets, other than these little piecemeal things from Lone Ranger that's that are still left, and like some elements from the Lego movie stuff. But uh, Lego came out with a Western line in ninety six or ninety eight, and then had a brief reissue in two thousand two. Yes, I fell down this rabbit hole pretty hard. So I'm like, well, maybe if I go to the Brick Convention, I can find some of those things. But really. 
what it's going to be is it's going to be me sending my dad 50 bucks to mail me my, uh, like, five-gallon Rubbermaid. Oh, it's, it's like a 20-gallon Rubbermaid tote of Legos from my childhood. Oh, man. Then we'll be in business. Oh, that'll be right. fantastic. You don't know that. Well, here's the thing. I need to pay him 50 bucks just to, for the shipping fees, and then I need to pay him, like, a $10 critter removal fee because I remember the last time I went through that tote there were two dead roaches in it thanks Texas oh man F- yeah fuck the southwest man how is it most of the country has cockroaches but Portland doesn't yeah, that's why I moved here oh man that's yeah that's one reason for never leaving Portland is everything else mm-hmm. is just everything outside of the Pacific Northwest is just fucking infested with roaches ah Ugh. but yeah that, that, that's that's have you would you never be interested in checking out like Harry Potter Legos or anything like nope. that no nope my eye of Sauron is very focused, my friend. Okay, that, that's understandable. It's a very deliberate rabbit hole I've fallen down here. That was, I told, you know, I had some of these at my desk at work, mm-hmm. and my one of my coworkers was asking me about it, and it was so funny because this is this guy who's a um, very dapper, very stylish, designer-oriented dude, and when I told him, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I, it's a deal, and he also struggles, has struggled with sobriety in his life. So, um, uh, I told him I fell down this Lego rabbit hole and not the reaction I was expecting. He was like, oh, really? Which theme? City? Star Wars? Uh, like, Hobbit? Like, Harry Potter? Like, what, what theme are you pursuing, Annie? Like, or all of them? Or, like, the Creator Series? How about the Lego Builder <laughs> Academy? And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude, you're worse than I am! <laughs> Do you love Ninjago? <laughs> exactly! I'm like, shit, son. <laughs> Castle? Is that what you're pursuing? Do you love, I just love the idea it's just called Castle. <laughs> I love <laughs> Castle. It is. I love that is house. what that theme is called. It's called Castle, <laughs> motherfucker. That just cracks me up a bit. To you, I've fallen down the Lego rabbit hole to, to a true Lego enthusiast, like presumably this coworker of mine. I am but an outlier. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I have merely invested probably oh, total $200 in Lego. I feel, like a, I feel like a chump just because I'm the only, I only care really much for the, like, the licensed stuff. Because I, yeah. I like Lego fine, but I like I do like building, you know, like, the Star Wars and the Simpsons and all that stuff. Well, see, that's my thing. It's like, I, I, I like building for the pleasure of building, but I need a theme. Which yeah. is why I have my Western town. Here, I did build my own, my first thing that was whole, out of whole cloth. Yeah. Uh, I don't, these, this is just from, uh, off, uh, things that have been shucked off of Chima stuff, but I built a little bar, has a little brass foot rail, you see? Annie, you're truly a master builder. Little ball, it's it's on the (laughs) bar, it's part of my vignette. So anyway, that was Annie's Lego Corner here on the Boy Annie, I totally support you in all this, though. That is great. Well, you know, my, my wife is so sweet, because she, at first, her instinct, she's a very tidy person, and her instinct was, this is just more shit to clutter up the house, and she's not wrong. That's kind of her reaction to all of the toys that I buy, it's just, like, more garbage to clutter up the house. But she recognizes it as what it is, which is a coping mechanism, so she has been totally very encouraging and very sweet and supportive, and god damn that girl, I tell you, she's, ugh. I don't deserve that kid. So what the hell is the creator line? Uh, I'm looking at the website right now. It's just kind of vague. Like you could like there's like a carousel and I think it's like, oh, oh, I think the gimmick behind the creator line is that each figure, each toy has um, 
three different variations. Oh, so like they comes with instructions for different. Oh, okay, yeah. I think. Like, or maybe like I'm using that with another line. Yeah. That kind of makes sense because if it's creator, then like you're kind of maximizing all the things you could build with yeah. just like a simple. Yeah. Oh man. But I think really... yeah, I think the creator is like supposed to be kids oriented and supposed to be like real stuff. Oh, it's funny. It seems like most of the Lego movie sets are just based off of kind of like the the mashup vehicles that the uh, that the yeah. the citizens of the town at the end of the movie kind of build to defend themselves against. The... Oh, anyway, join us next week on Brick by Brick, our Boy Hattie uh, Lego I, themed podcast. I warned people at the beginning of the podcast. This is gonna get. This is gonna be some Lego heavy bullshit. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about something that's not Lego. Bill, tell me about uh, Attack the Block. Uh, man, I'll even watch no this because you were talking about earlier this week that you were, had started watching it. Did you finish Attack the Block? We were going to watch it on Monday night, but then I got basic human rights and got distracted. Oh man! So you never, you didn't even start it then. No, I did not watch Man, it. Attack the Block is pretty fucking good. Um, I gotta watch it with friends of the podcast, Jimmy and Conley. You, we have they seen them. it yet? Yes, they have. They want you to show it to me. Did it? I so that I guess that means they like it. Yes, so. they do. Man, everything else aside, that yeah, that John Boyega guy, he's fucking awesome. He's he's really quiet in the movie. I mean, he's uh-huh. just kind of like the stoic leader of this uh, bunch of uh, gang kids, but he gives good stoic quiet kind of heartbroken suffering badass yeah and after watching that movie i'm like oh man star wars that may actually even if the script for the new star wars shit is terrible uh man mm-hmm. between him and jason isaac from inside lewin davis i was like oh yeah. man, that movie's gonna give good sullen face dude glaring at the camera it's gonna be just that alone should be oh man fuck yeah no so yeah attack the block uh, it really is just about aliens attacking this 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 um ghetto essentially and the, mm-hmm. you know the, 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 the these kids trying to repel the attack but um the story's like super bone simple and stuff but um yeah no it's it's cute i joked earlier this week oh they announced the was it going to be the title for the batman versus superman movie mm-hmm. it's just going to be what batman v superman and so on Twitter, I was joking about, oh man, they just totally stole that, from my, stole that from my uh, Goonies versus uh, Goonie v Gremlins script. <laughs> and then, in funny, I'm watching Attack of the Block. I'm like, this kind of is Goonies v Gremlins. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, monster, the alien monsters in that movie are a lot more powerful than Gremlins, but like the main characters, it is kind of like modern day English Goonies. Because uh, yeah. all the characters are, like, really, really well-defined and got, like, a nerdy one and all this, this stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, John Boyega, yeah. Uh, something tells me, though, he will not eventually... He's probably never going to star as Sam in a future Lord of the Rings movie. That would be one hell of a badass Lord of the Rings adaptation. If he was like, oh, Mr. Frodo, hey, what's all this thing? Oh, we'll get you your wing. Oh, we're going to talk like this and we'll get your fingers. Uh, when you do watch Attack the Block, turn the fucking <laughs> subtitles on. Holy shit. <laughs> Because even I, I know, I'm an Anglophile. I grew up watching Monty Python. I uh-huh. watch a lot of the yeah. BBC. And even then, I'm just like, what the hell's will say Even in? I, a nuanced-ass motherfucker, There is a scene understand. at the beginning of the movie where all the, 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 main, the gang kids are all kind of hanging out and talking to each other, smoking weed. And it, it's kind of like there's a lot of exposition in that scene about who they are, where they're from, or what's going on in the movie. And it really is like, I just want this stuff. I go, you go, hey, let's go, want it? It gonna go FBI's not it's gonna be like section six or all of but and I was like whoa, so so no I did not watch Attack the Block but I did this week for the first time ever watch American Psycho. Uh, why? <laughs> why? I had never. Se- 
to it's be not a bad movie. You, it's just a horrible movie. To be terribly honest with you, I wanted to watch it because um, friend of the podcast, Brenna's a Dan, loves that movie. Yeah. So that's not a Danny like, movie. I was like, I, sure, why not? I'll watch this. Yeah. I was having a rough day. I kind of wanted to watch something just really weird. You gotta expand your horizons. Come on. Yeah. And I actually, it's a fucking ridiculous little movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. Well, it's a, it's a comedy. It's a horror comedy. Yeah. 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 It is. The main character is so batshit that you can't really take him seriously as anything but like this gibbering madman satire horrible thing. It was ridiculous. It was also interesting to wa- have watch uh, uh, American Psycho having had watched Wolf. Hannibal. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think could... about that. You should do a Hannibal, Wolf of Wall Street, American Psycho triple feature evening. No, so you have to go from Wolf of Wall Street to American Psycho to Hannibal because it's just a logical transition. That's the, that, that's the triforce of awful human white guy stuff. Yeah. That's the arc of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you think? Anyway, it was pretty good. It's a, a very well. I really do like the cinematography and editing in that movie. Yeah, that movie is written by lady too. Yeah, she had a total yeah. boner to make a make a movie out of that shit. I can't remember because I know. Oh man, I I it's been so long since I've seen American Psycho. I can't remember what the big scenes. I know a lot of people make fun of him. Like they 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 celebrate the whole Huey Lewis stuff he does in that movie, where he's like like in his little little plastic jacket dancing to Huey Lewis like kind of doing this weird little shuffle and stuff and mm-hmm. um and I know that his little fetishization of business cards is kind of a big deal people mm-hmm. that's kind of a classic scene but so yeah, yeah you had a good time it, you know the thing about that movie though is just the whole time watching it I was like as ridiculous as it was at the same time it was like Obviously, I chose a terrible week to watch that movie, yeah. but um, and to bring it up at all. But yeah, that was the whole thing I was watching. I'm like, as ridiculous as this is, this guy's relation, uh, the way he deals with women, somehow is not all that alarming. Just be- only because I shouldn't say alarming, but unexpected. No, it's an know? extension of something that's already there. That's kind of like what makes it kind of like a horrible satire. Is it's not like a whole cloth invention of someone being a psychopath. It is an extension of shit that happens all the time. Yeah. And something so that already like... lies at the hearts of all men to some degree or another. Yeah. So, so anyway, good time was had. Yeah. I wa- yeah, so I was home on Thursday because I got, I, I stressed myself sick and I watched American Psycho and the first season of Slings and Arrows. <laughs> Is that good? Does that get better after the first uh, couple episodes? I struggled with Bailey. Bailey, Bailey just sat on the keyboard and selected all of our show notes. Glad <laughs> oh, she didn't man, just I saw a YouTube them. video last night of Kristen Wiig farting. <laughs> She's hanging out with Chris and Dowd. Okay. And it's Chris and Dowd and someone else. And Chris and Dowd some, does something. He, he drinks a fly in, in, in a cup of water. And she laughs so hard at it, she farts. <laughs> this is Okay, this is neither here nor there. Continue your story. <laughs> So, Slings and Arrows. I watched yeah. I watched Slings and Arrows under the uh, recommendation of my friend Emily because I'm we're going to go visit uh, our friends Emily and Kate uh-huh. uh, in June. And they live in a small town in Canada called Stratford. And Stratford is home to a very auspicious and respected um, Shakespeare festival. I can't imagine why with a name called Stratford. Mm-hmm. 
So, and this show Slings and Arrows is set in a town that is not, but totally is, Stratford. And is not, but totally is, about the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting because it's got Paul Gross. I only know who Paul Gross is because of Due South. Uh, do you remember Due South, Bill? No, what's it Due was South? The early 90s, it was a police show what? about... A New York cop who gets teamed up with a Mountie? Oh, yeah! That was on for, like... That was not as long uh, on the air as Gummy Bears. Three seasons, I want to say, it was on. And he had a a, a white husky. I remember that more than anything else. I'm going to blow your mind. That was on for five years. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My mom and I totally watched that show together. My mom loved Do South. Oh, my God. Uh, How was Do South on the air longer than Southern, like, Northern Exposure? Or... (laughs) Oh my god, that is hilarious. Go Here ahead. is all I can remember about Due South. Paul Gross in a Mountie suit, a husky, and my mom saying, and I quote, and I barely remember the oh, context this, this of this. This is going to be traumatizing. The show wasn't as good once they got a new Ray. That's all I can remember. <laughs> the The police guy's name presumably was Ray, and they either recast him oh, or they changed yeah. the character. And my so mom is he like the lead? Is he the one trying to put on the... Is it a production of Hamlet that they're trying to announce? Yes, yeah, so yeah. back to Slings and Arrows. It's uh, uh, it was interesting to watch because I was in theater as a kid, as a as a youth, as a teen. A youth. I was in largely in technical theater. I was only on stage once, and mostly I was I was uh, props. Uh, I was a, everything from a runner to um, props minion to manager to stage yeah. manager. And when you weren't doing that, you were just honking and waving your arms like a crazy. Person. Exactly, just screeching uncontrollably and trying to interrupt the production. <laughs> And it's so weird to watch shit, like, that are about theatrical productions, because the whole time I'm watching that shit, all I can think is, fucking actors, man, fucking actors, calm down, I got shit to do. Yeah. So, like, the first ten minutes, what, like, the first episode or two watching this show, all I can think of the whole time is, like, fucking goddamn actors, <laughs> do your goddamn job, what are you doing? You fucking self-indulgent shits, yeah. Yeah, once I got over that... Uh, it's a very pleasurable show. It's got young Rachel McAdam in it. Wait, who, who's um, Rachel? What, what's a Rachel McAdam? She's the lady from, uh, the Sherlock Holmeses. She played Irene Adler in the Sherlock Holmes. Oh, wait, in the new, the sexy New York one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's What's-Her-Face. I always get her confused with Elizabeth Banks for some reason. I can totally understand that. To be terribly honest with you, when Rachel McAdams showed up on the show for one brief moment, I was like, I didn't know Elizabeth Banks was uh, Canadian. And the thing is, the funny thing is, whenever I see Elizabeth Banks, I think I, I always uh, then get her confused with uh, Rachel McAdams. <laughs> <laughs> I never do that! That's uh, the thing. Not that I know Rachel McAdams' name, but they're totally like, uh, they're of the, not even of the same Pokemon but yeah, what you're saying, Bill, is you could swap their minifig heads and not notice. They they oh, are God, orphan blacks said. of each other. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, no, it's a really very enjoyable little show. Oh, and once I got over the fucking actors aspect of it, it was a lot of fun. Oh, so. so you finished the first season? Yeah, it's a breezy little thing. Does the like ghost of his mentor show up? Why is Charlie? Sh- why is Michael Sheen? I, I just found a picture of Michael Sheen, like, almost, like, staring down uh, her cleavage. Rachel McAdams' cleavage. Are they uh, dating? You know, are they on a show I, together? You are asking the wrong person, Man, Michael friends. Sheen, he's a good actor. Why, like why is he not on Slings and Arrows? He should be the That's a character. good question. Because he's not Canadian. That's uh, true, too. Yeah. So, I was talking to my friend Emily about this show, though, and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, um, half the people on this show, you'll see in the, in the, in the, the um, Stratford Shakespeare Festival. And I just 
started laughing uncontrollably because I, when I was growing up, my local oh, yeah, Shakespeare yeah, scene, no, you're going with this, yeah. all of my actors were on Wishbone <laughs> or Walker, Texas Ranger. Like to a man, oh, man. the wishbone connection is the best. That's that's kids come running for the great taste of wishbone anecdotes. I saw a ver- I saw a tempest where Prospero was uh, Poseidon from Wishbone. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of fitting actually. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Did he drown all of his books and doggy bones? <laughs> Anyway, yes, Leeds and is very cute is on Amazon for like ten bucks. I do not regret it. Oh, you paid you paid to watch that shit. I paid money. Oh I was told God. I had to watch his research for going is to Is that Stanford, no longer so. on Netflix? It was on Netflix, it is no more. Oh, because I like I said I watched the first couple episodes because I know people rave about uh, a couple people uh, who I love and yeah. admire, they 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 list uh Slings and Arrows as being Bill? one of the, their like greatest T V show favorites of all time. I'm gonna make a guess. Those people were actors <laughs> at some point in their lives. Do you think they're they're kind of self-absorbed intellectuals? I don't no, know. No, no, no. It's not even that. It's literally like it's the sort of thing where I can totally see act someone who has been an actor at some point in their lives or aspired to act. I was gonna say, yeah, this is kind of a slam that you would be suggesting that people are okay. I thought I thought you were besmirching not... the personalities of people who are into slings and arrows. Oh no. Saying that it's like that they're it's an intellectual thing. I'm generally not. I, don't, I can see if just, you're an actor, if they yeah, if if, if that's you kind of aggrandizes, point, yeah, okay, yeah. Or you are into acting because it's it's one of those things <laughs> like you know how sports night is all about the majesty of sports, yeah. And there are those moments where they can it's like ah sports and but yeah. it's it's all made up sports and sports are kind of exciting so you kind of go with it and how um, sunset uh, what was it Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip it was all about comedy capital C yeah comedy is so important and that meant that all the comedy fell flat on its face the way Slings and Arrows is very smart in the way they get around like the importance of acting and like the the amazing performance that changed. Oh, that's going to be part of the lives. show, though, right? I'm sorry, what was that? That's going to be a part of the show, though, right? It is, but there is only one scene that's really like this person is going to act and blow us all away. Oh, okay, and so it doesn't act- rub your nose in. It's 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 it doesn't no. do the uh, what's his face who created the West Wing thing of like shoving that shit in your face at the at the cost of everything else. They it only happens twice and once it works. Oh, okay, pretty well. So, <laughs> I, which is at, at least they're batting a 50, uh, 50 50 average there. That shit is hard to do. Yeah. It, whenever you have a, a story that is about a thing and about importance of the thing, and then you show the thing and people are supposed to be blown away by it after you've built it up and built it up and built it up, that's a hard as hell thing to land. Yeah. So, well job, well done, one kid. For giving that one speech from Hamlet and doing a pretty good Did job. Did you not watch the second season? Not yet. No. So you're saying it. Slings and Arrows is for actors. What? Hannibal is for crazy people. <laughs> Hannibal. Yes. Where someone's Hannibal. like into Hannibal, but they're not just, they don't like to watch Hannibal, but it's like, oh man, this person's really into Hannibal. I, I don't Hannibal is an important part of my self-care watch- as a mentally unwell person. Did you watch so, yeah. the finale? I couldn't because Apple TV wouldn't work and iTunes wouldn't work. Oh, really? So I paid for it with oh, money. no. And I c- have not been able to watch uh, so it. We can't, so we'll, we'll, talk, we'll have to talk about that next week. Hannibal's goddamn some... ridiculous. See, but I like Hannibal most when it's being fucking bonkers. Oh, so. you should love this episode, then, because it's just like, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so, Bill, last... tell, me a, 
Even the oh my god, Hannibal. I you know I feel bad too because I actually did not care much for the season of Hannibal, and the season finale kind of continues doing some of the things which made not, made me not like the rest of the season too. But it's still it's mm-hmm. entertaining to watch though. Well, see, the parts of the season that I did not like was just the holding pattern of Will knows, but no one believes him, and like how they stuck on that for three episodes. Once yeah. they broke through that, oh, I even was more than like three episodes. Season. It was funny because I saw the AV Club Four did a, an interview with Brian Fuller this week, and he even admitted that like he kind of copped up. He he owned up to the fact they were kind of in the holding pattern for. Well, there were two different holding patterns because you had the holding pattern of Will being in jail for the first half of the season, and that yeah. was kind of a holding pattern. And then Will gets out, and then the, the show went yeah. to a second holding pattern of why Will just doesn't do something about Hannibal the moment he gets out. Yeah. And it becomes all this and whole I, luring thing of, yeah. It's one of those Entrapment. things where it's like, it's necessary to do what they need to do, but it's yeah. it's one of those things like when you when you have a, a nautical adventure and you have a doldrum sequence. It's like a doldrum sequence is supposed to be is about boredom, so it's going to be boring. Yeah, well, see, that's like, that's the, the the thing that 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 kind of made the underuse of Carolyn Devernos even more egregious because the show yeah. is spending so much of the season in the holding pattern that should have given yeah. them extra time just to have Carolyn Devernos do something other than just sleeping with Hannibal. Yeah, like like that's if 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 you're just if you're just killing time, then kill time in a way that helps. You essentially, you get all your players on the field. And get mm-hmm. them doing interesting stuff. I don't know. It's it's yeah. yeah. Hey Bill, tell me about uh, Godzilla and Mothra and King Ghidorah, giant monsters all at attack. Man, you uh, AKA one of the best Godzilla movies ever made. Do you have yeah. any interest in ever watching Godzilla movies ever? No, no, no. That's a shame. Uh, I have all the Godzilla movies. I found an internet dumpster a long time ago. Oh, and did you? so uh-huh. because, uh, like other people who probably have access to all the Godzilla movies in the same way, uh, since uh, seeing Godzilla last week, I was like, man, I'm going to go watch some old fucking Godzillas. And one of the ones I watched this week was definitely one of the best ones. It's one of the more recent Godzillas. It was made in 2001. Uh, I, I think it was one of the first Godzillas made after they made that American Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. And this is, man, there's some weird back, fucking backstory on this, too. So have yeah. you ever heard of Gamera? The giant yes. turtles. So, Bill, yeah. Bill, I very urgently have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, is this an excuse for Bill just to monologue? So okay. what do we talk about Godzilla? No, in all honesty, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. We'll edit this go, out. Sorry, go, all go, live go viewers. But thing. you can either, Bill you can either keep talking or at the wait. audience for a while. Okay, and so. I will... <laughs> Here's my Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters, all out of town. So, 1995. Uh, the studio that is responsible for the Gamera movies, Gamera being a knockoff of Godzilla, uh, series that was created in the 60s and 70s, which most people know, uh, through Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, because the Gamera movies were even more ridiculous than Godzilla because it featured a giant flying turtle, uh, instead of a giant fire-breathing Tyrannosaurus Rex. So in 1995, uh, whoever owned Gamera decided, we need to bring back Gamera. Godzilla's had too much of the action. We need to we, we need to update Gamera and bring him back and kick Godzilla's ass. Not unfortunately, literally, because a Gamera slash Godzilla movie would be fucking fantastic. But no, they decided to bring back Gamera in a super kind of gritty, not super gritty, not like Christopher Nolan, but a more realistic Gamera movie. 
And so that I remember actually seeing this 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 relaunch of the Gamera series in 1995. Uh, they showed it at a local movie theater in Pittsburgh, which was filled. Me and everyone else in the theater, pretty much everyone, their first exposure to Gamera stuff was through Mystery Science Theater 3000. So we were all expecting uh, like ridiculous. We 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 knew it was going to be more like a prettier updated Gamera, but we didn't expect it's actually kind of a dark fucked up movie. I mean, you still get like yeah, Gamera's fighting other monsters and stuff like that. But it, it's not nearly as silly as the original movies. But it was actually kind of impressive, like, what, like, a big-budget, what was then a modern-day Gamera movie was like. And I guess that movie did well enough in Japan. I guess it, like, that movie, like, did way better than any of the Godzilla movies at the same time. So I guess that turned into a trilogy of Gamera movies. And so Godzilla, which I guess was in a creative rut at the time, the guys who were in charge of the Godzilla franchise, they decided to... They poached the director of those Gamera movies... And said, hey, you want to make a Godzilla movie for us? And the guy's like, fuck, yeah, let's do this. And so he made this Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, all-out attack movie, which is really fucking weird. Man, I wish Annie were here to talk, uh, here to hear this, because she would be completely bored by hearing me talk about Godzilla and Gamera for this long. But anyway, so this guy makes this 2001 Godzilla movie. And it is fucking, yeah, like I said, it's really fucking weird, because... Uh, he keeps, it's, 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 it's weird too, because it's a reboot of the, the Godzilla series. It only assumes that the first Godzilla movie in 1954, that's the last time Godzilla had ever appeared. And so this is like roughly 50 years later. And it's almost like a, like, like almost like a 50th anniversary tribute, even though it's not quite a 50th anniversary thing, because this movie came out in 2001, the first Godzilla came out in 1954. So it's a couple years early for uh, 50th anniversary tribute, but it almost acts the same because there's just so many callbacks and, and, and tributes to the original film, and that's, especially in this movie, that, like, yeah, Godzilla has not been seen in 50 years, and everyone's still waiting for Godzilla to show up, and it, it's funny because the movie actually starts off by taking a swipe at the 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla, uh, because a whole bunch of Japanese scientists are like, oh yeah, we just heard rumors that Godzilla just attacked New York, and a couple other scientists are like, is that really Godzilla? And another guy's like, nah, our scientists, we don't, we, we don't think that, that, that the, 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 whatever just attacked New York. They, the Americans think that Godzilla, but that ain't Godzilla. We think Godzilla's, Godzilla's still over here. But, um, it's, so in this movie, Godzilla's still the product of nuclear radiation. He's a giant, you know, mutant, Tyrannosaurus, or actually whatever the fuck. But in this movie, it, the reason he has been resurrected after being killed in the first Godzilla movie 50 years ago is that his body has become possessed by the millions of souls who perished as a result of Japan starting the Pacific War, you know, during World War II. Um, and so these millions of souls... Hey, Annie? Yeah. Annie, you're just getting to the, the good part. <sighs> Sorry, bud. No, that's fine. You okay? Oh, yeah, you know how the water's bad this week? Oh, the water's bad in you this week, too. Exactly. Uh, Annie, you left me for, alone for ten minutes, and I only got to the beginning of what makes Godzilla all-out monsters attack so fantastic. <laughs> so, you'll never guess, in this in this Godzilla movie, Godzilla is powered. He is possessed by the souls of the millions of people who died in the Pacific War as a result okay. of Japan, you know, starting picking a war with the United States. And, okay. uh, and, and, and I guess maybe not just that, but also, like, uh, the, the japanese Sino War, which happened years before that. But, like, essentially... Godzilla suddenly becomes 
a product of Japanese military hubris from 50 years ago. From, oh. like, well, like 70 years ago. So uh, Godzilla is Japan's punishment for not only having okay. killed so many people years ago, okay. but uh, right. having forgotten about it. And it's kind yeah. of weird. This this movie come, becomes kind of a weird fuck you to the people in Japan who are now very nationalistic and very much a problem. Right. Like, trying to cover up Japanese war crimes from back in World War II and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you got kind of like this zombie-possessed Godzilla, possessed by human okay. souls, who want to destroy to, uh, Japan as a result of all, the, all of Japan's past crimes. And the only thing that can stop Godzilla are these guardian monsters... Which are okay. actual, um, it's 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 King Ghidorah and Mothra, but in this movie they're reimagined as ancient Japanese guardians who have always been like ancient like mystical gods of Japan that have just okay. been waiting for something like to, like Godzilla to attack Japan. So like they will be they will come out of the earth and like protect Japan. So it's a really weird mystical movie for for hmm. uh, for Godzilla, which has always been kind of like a science fiction horror. Yeah. Movie. It turns into a weird kind of like almost like Ghostbustersy kind of like possessed monsters and spirits and all this shit like that. Uh, actually, Godzilla ends up killing a couple of the monsters in the movie and devouring their souls. Whoa. This is especially fucking weird. But yeah, it's 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 a very goddamn cute movie. The characters, usually in a Godzilla movie, yeah, uh, when the characters are uh, human characters are up on the screen, you're just biding your time until Godzilla shows up. The humans are just right. filler. In this one, the human characters are actually kind of fun. Um, the main character is this lady who's a news reporter, and, you know, she just being a news reporter, she's just trying to get to the bottom of who, what Godzilla is and where he came from and why he came back. Sure. But one of the cool things is, uh, she, she, her dad is a super stern Japanese military officer, and there's okay. a scene in the middle of the movie where she gets drunk because she was about to get the lead on some kind of Godzilla story, but it got fucked up, and so she goes off to a bar and gets drunk with some friends. And one of her friends delivers her back to her apartment which she shares with her dad and you think there's going to be this big scene where like the dad cusses her out because this is a scene you see in movies all the time where a lady gets drunk and she comes home and like whoever's there kind of balls her out like don't you know how irresponsible it is for you to go out and get drunk right. especially in a Japanese movie with like this character has this super stern military Japanese father and no he just kind of gives her co coffee and sobers her up and just kind of quizzes her about everything she knows about Godzilla and it's kind of cool like the fact that she went out and got drunk and enjoyed herself does not become, like, a big character point or anything like that. Yeah. And that the dad's just like, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, let, let's talk about Godzilla, which, I don't know, for some reason just always kind of struck me as, as, as being kind of cool. And, like, her boss is this really weird... Her boss at the news company is this really weird a young guy in a super, like, super strainy long hair and always smoking cigarettes. He looks like he should be, like, in a punk band or something. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just a very cute, ridiculous movie... Um, lots of people get stepped on by Godzilla. Godzilla's super mean. Usually in Godzilla movies when he's attacking Japan, he's usually just kind of randomly, like, smashing buildings and stuff like that. He's not going after individual sure. people. And right, this one, yeah. he's, like, he's walking down the street, and he sees people, like, if he sees you try to cross the street from him, he'll try to blast your ass with atomic fire. Like, so much waste of so much energy just to nuke, like, like a little old lady or something like that. It's like, this, this Godzilla's like an actual asshole. <laughs> um, so, but, and then, yeah, he fights, uh, King Dora, which is, like, this big three-headed golden dragon. Yeah. And, uh, Mothra, gi big, giant, fluffy, fluffy butterfly, which Mothra is always hilarious that way, because Mothra doesn't fight. Mothra doesn't have arms or anything like that. Yeah, how does Mothra participate? Mothra just pretty much makes wind <laughs> by wagging oh, okay. her, her, her wings. Um, and 
she kind of spits needles. But that's okay. kind of she actually does get wiped out pretty early in the movie. But it's it's from a special effects point of view, uh, it's interesting because it was made in two thousand one. It's still a cheap Godzilla movie. It's it's still a dude in a rubber suit. It's not like CGI or anything like that. But they do this interesting thing of instead of just having Godzilla always just be a dude in a in a set, they try to uh, project Godzilla into actual like real life footage of the world more often mm -hmm. so it okay. doesn't look quite so fake so that's it's and they film godzilla and the monsters tend to be from low angle to kind of make them kind of from a realistic human perspective which kind of makes the monsters even more kind of big fucked up and scary and so it's uh -huh. actually like the special effects for a godzilla movie are actually pretty good and like i said the characters are, are cute and funny actually getting invested in the characters and it's it's just a good movie if you're gonna go back and watch an old godzilla movie as a result of getting a kick out of the new one yeah seriously yeah. go out and check out I mean, I have to look up the title link because I always fuck this up, too. 2001's Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Not to be confused, there's a 1969 Godzilla movie called, I think it's a Godzilla All Out Attack Monsters? It's almost the same title with the words just kind of uh, messed up. But yeah, I'm just saying. You are just saying, but well, that actually sounds pretty enjoyable. That sounds like a Godzilla movie I can get behind. Yeah, I should, I should uh, give you, uh, I should lend you my Internet Dumpster DVD copy. Of it. Oh, that would be great! It will sit in the pile of all the other things you've given me. That I, I know, watched. seriously. <laughs> oh. oh, Billy. What else? What else? That's what I've got this week. Man, what else? Uh, oh, my neighbor's house almost burned down this week. What? Did I not tell you about this? No. So I'm sitting there fucking around in the basement, like, just just doing work the other day. And across the street, they've been doing construction on a house, which involves a lot of construction guys yelling and screaming at each other just all day about general stuff. Okay. And so it gets to the point at night, it gets to be, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I hear more yelling and screaming. And I hear start hearing even more, like, super loud yelling and screaming, even though I can't hear exactly what okay. it is about. There's some kind of calamity going on outside, but I'm not paying attention because oh I have work to do. Next thing I know, uh, I can hear on the front of the house someone grabbing our fire hose and running it out really quickly because I can hear it attached to the house like like the fire hose being yeah. dragged out, like unrolled really quickly. And I'm the only person home, so I know it's not any of my, my housemates. It's got to be someone off yeah. the street doing this. And the moment I hear that, I start hearing fire engines off in the distance. And instead of oh doing that gosh. thing where you can hear fire engines kind of like slowly come to your like near your house and then recede... Like, these fire engines are getting closer and closer, and I'm like, oh shit, they're on my fucking street. Oh my god, they're stopping out in front of my house. So I'm worried that, like, the front of our yeah. house is on fire. Because yeah. someone's obviously trying to put put out something with our own fire hose. And they get upstairs, and it turns out, no, it was just the neighbors. Um, so it turns out, the, the, the news broke that it was a chemistry set. That someone was messing with a chemistry set and caught the house on fire. Which I thought chemistry set was just code for meth lab. Yeah, it turns seriously. out someone actually just did hit a head. They just were messing with a children's chemistry set. That's a house full <laughs> of stoners and, like, 35-year-old guys, which makes it more... It's not like you had some family and a kid said... So someone was messing with the chemistry set and caught their bed on fire oh, and wow. caused $20,000 worth of damage to their house. Yeah, no, the whole neighborhood was filled with smoke, and we had to shut all the windows and everything, and they were knocking out all the windows and stuff. And oh, yeah, It was Jesus a little scary, Christ. but I'm glad to see it was... Yeah. Uh, scared the shit out of me at first thinking the front of our house was on fire. That was... That's hilarious. You got human rights. Uh, I thought my house was on fire this week. That was the Fair highlight enough. of both our weeks. So it was a good week for both of us, is I, what I'm hearing. You know, I felt really bad, too, because when they were running and screaming out of the house, I just turned around to them and just screamed, Gojira! 
and made a fire breath blast at their house. Then I cackled and I walked back in the house. And then they threw rocks at me. (laughs) I like the idea of you just walking out into your yard, screaming, turning around, walking back. (laughs) And with that, everybody, we're going to take a little break and be back for the Geek Week in review. You know what? Not to go back to Godzilla already. I guess maybe we're starting yes. the podcast up again. We're back from break. Uh, it's funny that uh, I would watch that Godzilla movie uh, on Memorial Day weekend. It's concerning in that movie, Godzilla is fueled by the souls of presumably GIs who were also killed in the Pacific War. So, technically, Godzilla, King Ghidorah, and Mothra, giant monsters all out of attack, is a fitting Memorial Day film. Right out there sure. with Band, Band of Brothers, Saving uh-huh. Private Ryan. Uh-huh. Just because it's just it just happens instead of, you know, fighting the Nazis, our our dead grandfathers are all just behind the wheels of Godzilla. <laughs> there you go, Bill. <laughs> you know what I I, I was uh, thinking about this the other day how um, because of the era of media that I grew up in, mm-hmm. I just presume that when old people have been in a war, it was World War Two, even though it was not like even That's, my grandfather. Well, same thing with me too. Yeah. My grandfather fought in Korea. Like, it's like no one... I know so few World War II veterans. I know a ton of veterans, and not one of them served in World War II. But that's kind of my default war. Oh, really? War. Yeah. My grandfather served in World War II. All the veterans I knew were either Vietnam veterans or uh, a World War II and or a Korean veteran. No. See, yeah, but I mean, I know Korean veterans. I know Vietnam veterans. I know Gulf War veterans. Oh, I, I should know, go like, show... Because my, my, my grandfather had buddies who died in the Pacific. I should just show this Godzilla movie to him and see what the hell he has to say about it. That's a really good idea, Bill. He also assumes anyway. that all, all vegetarians are lesbians. He's that kind of grandfather. <laughs> it would, it would, we, we should do a fucking <laughs> podcast commentary for that Godzilla movie with him. I met one of my neighbors the other day. I locked myself out of my house. Well, and yeah. my, while my wife went to the Thorns game, Thorns being the Portland ladies soccer team, uh... And so I was like, I'm not going to interrupt her. Uh, Conley and Jimmy had our spare key. They were also at the Thorns game. <laughs> Good plan. And uh, I was like, and one other friend who had a spare key wasn't answering my texts or calls. So I was like, it's a lovely afternoon. I'm going to walk down to this bar and have a hamburger. So I'm walking, and on my way, I meet, I finally meet one of my neighbors. I have only met one neighbor in the year and a half I've lived here. Uh, and these are some folks that I've wanted, been wanting to meet because they have a beautiful house. They've been doing a wonderful job. They just got a dog that seems really, really cute. And they're lesbians. And I want to make friends with the other lesbians in the neighborhood. And I was talking to this very nice lady. And I told her, I was like, you know, I keep wanting to make cookies and cookies. Like, introduce myself to yeah. my neighbors. And then she said the thing I think every time. She's like... But what if someone's gluten free or something, and you haven't made the right kind of cookies? Well, I guess in Portland that is so. something to think about. Legitimately, like I love that she what? and I both anxiety ourselves about doing to do this. To you? What's the bad thing about gluten? I think it messes with your digestion. Is that like system. wheat? Wheat derived bullshit? You are asking the wrong person, my friend. You know what I suggest you make cookies out of? Uh, GIs who died in the Pacific for Memorial Day weekend. <sighs> Hey everybody, it's time for the Geek Week in Review. <laughs> Send you know them you, to your friends while you watch the Thin Red you Line. Did you know that 
YouTube is in talks to buy Twitch for $1 billion. Yes. Do you think they should do it? Yes or no, Annie? This is like Crossfire political on Sunday morning. <laughs> yes or no? That's your only answer. <laughs> yes. Yes. How much? Should 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 it be $5 billion? Should it be $8 billion? I man, monetization. I <laughs> only think this is interesting because Dylan went to... She's friends with the founder of Twitch. Oh, I forgot about that. Do you remember that? And this guy is yeah. in talks to you. I know that guy. Yeah. yeah. We met that guy. I, I did. I had yeah. meals with this guy. Yep. You know, of course, every person this guy's ever talked to is having the same conversation as soon as they hear this news. Like, yeah. oh, Emmett's going <laughs> to sell that company. Maybe I should send him an email saying, happy birthday, in case I missed it. Yeah. Hey, Emmett, I had dinner with you that one time. Uh, this one Chima set is $100, <laughs> no, and I just don't have $100 right send now. Him, you know what? Uh, you, yeah, this is the time where everyone sent, just sends him emails with their Amazon wish list links. Emmett, Lego only made uh, Fort Legoland in 1998, and it's really difficult to find a complete set in box. It's hard. Can you help me? I don't have $750 lying around for Legos right you know, now. I really but, do hope uh, this happens, so this guy really does just give Dylan, like, here, go make the Family Man live-action film if you want. <laughs> she can just do whatever the hell she wants for comics for the rest of her Go life. have Michael Sheen do a live reading yeah, of Family you know, Man. Yeah, that'd actually be great, yeah. <laughs> Michael Sheen and, uh, who was the lady who played Abigail Adams in the John Adams HBO miniseries? Oh, I had somebody that I wanted to play. We've both uh, talked about our ideal family man cast. Yeah, for Dylan, we're talking about our friend Dylan McConus, who's a creator of a webcomic called Family Man. I Lord had Mariana casting, and now I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, me too. Did you, uh, speaking of which, do, uh, do you, have you, uh, do it? Do you care at all about uh, HBO stuff now suddenly being uh, free on Amazon Prime? No, we talked about it last week. Really? You don't watch uh, John Adams? Maybe. That's good. It's got, it's got, what's his face? It's got the rhino. He plays John Adams. <laughs> it's got the rhino. <laughs> Wait, did you it's see the Amazing Spider-Man 2? Have you not seen the new Spider-Man movie? No. No. Okay. Oh, I, hey, guess what? I saw the X-Men movie this week. What'd you think, Billy? There's some blue people in it and the dude with butter knives for hands. I did not see it this week. You could probably bluff your way through telling people like, oh yeah, that, that scene where butter knife hands stabs a blue chick. Bill, this tells you how little I go see movies in theaters. The Tom Hardy movie that's literally just an hour and a half of the camera trained on Tom Hardy's face yeah. while Tom Hardy is in a beard. Uh, that is screening in Portland. I have not seen that. Ooh. What's wrong with I haven't with seen you? Locke. I'm just saying. <sighs> yep. I almost went to go see a movie yesterday and then I did it. What were you going to go see <laughs> the yesterday? End. Uh, what is the new terrible Tom Cruise movie with Emily Blunt? Oh, you know what? I had no interest in that until I saw a picture of her that looked rather uh, attractive in Entertainment Weekly, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> and it's funny, because the title of the article with that picture is called Blunt Force Trauma, and I was like, I hate you so much, oh, Entertainment Weekly. I automatically renege my, my my one flashing brief moment of thinking I want to go see this movie. You know what? I didn't realize who she is. She is Looper Chick. Yeah, we had just watched Looper this week, and she's great in Looper. Yeah. So I was like, I'll watch a movie where she gets to be an action hero for a little bit. But Tom sure. Cruise is in terrible movies. How can that movie be any good? I would say the presence of Tom Cruise does not mean a movie is good or well, bad. Also, it's this thing where, like, do you really want to pay $8 to go see a remake of... What was the Duncan Jones movie that we didn't like? 
Source code? Yeah. Love Duncan Jones. Love that guy. Just finished World of Warcraft. More kudos to him. But source code, yeah, kind of disappointing. It, it's Tom Cruise is making a career. His last two movies were knockoffs of Duncan Jones movies. It's the weirdest fucking thing. Well, what's weird is that this seems kind of like a mashup of... Uh, source code and Tom Cruise's last movie, Oblivion. Yeah, well, it's, it's like cool. all. It's supposedly this is based off a Japanese anime called All You Need hmm. Is Kill, which is a much better oh. title than what Edge Edge of Tomorrow is that what it's called? I can't. Which sounds remember. like a fucking tampon. I want to call it Beyond Oblivion, like it's some <laughs> sort of weird sequel to Oblivion. Yeah, Tom Cruise. This is Tom Cruise's uh, his midlife crisis of being in movies where he gets to, like, regenerate himself and live over and over again. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I got Emily uh, Blunt with, like, she got, like, fucking... She's just, like, a walking junk pile. <laughs> it looks like she walked through a Transformers factory with a bunch of, like, glue strips taped to her. Just, just, this is, this... this Did is I get to finish like, my on. sentence when I found this one Lego website called Brick Warrior where you can get Mass Effect Lego minifigs? Oh, you didn't Did say, I get to no, finish that sentence? That. Yeah, you could basically get a Legion, like, head and armor thing oh, really? and all these Mass Effect guns. Aww. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light are getting PS3, X, I presume you met PS4, oh, and okay, Xbox yeah. One remakes, 25 apiece for each game and 60 frames per second. This, in addition to The Last of Us, Halo, and a probable GTA Five remakes we're getting this year. Yeah, so if... Enjoy the rest of your video game year. It's going to be pretty much enjoying the highlights of all the other... Uh, I didn't play the, the Metro generation. games, and I will totally play them on my PS4. Supposedly, those games are more interesting than they are fun. Because, like, like those yeah. are the games where your currency is bullets. And, of course, yeah. your bullets are the only way you can kill anything. But, oh, that's a great yeah. dynamic. Well, supposedly... I don't know if they kept that for the second game, but for the first one. But, hey, it's nice to see remakes of old games. That, yeah, like I said, they're only 25 bucks a piece. Um, uh, yeah, I those are that's one of those games kind of like uh, Stalker, where it's one of those things where I'm interested in the concepts behind them, and I maybe want to watch someone else play them. Really, what I'm saying is I'm looking forward to someone else playing it on PS4 so I can just watch. Can the you stream. get Foley to play that? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, same thing with Wolfenstein. You could trick her into playing that, and you could just watch. Exactly. Um, do you care, man? Someone on Twitter was uh, this week was talking about how. It's pretty much a lock that we're going to get a Mass Effect trilogy remake before the next next end Mass Effect game comes out. And now it's like fuck. Now I want I want that to be the if we can't get Last Last Guardian at E3 this year. Uh man, Mass Effect next gen Mass Effect or not even next gen, but next gen remakes of the whole Mass Effect trilogy would be pretty fucking nice. Just it It'd be nice there. to have the the first game more playable. <laughs> I wonder, do you think they would go back and actually I don't know. I don't think so. And that's why I wouldn't be interested in it. Yeah. Especially not if they took away all my favorite shit, like the filter that they had in the first Mass Effect game. Well, what if they could apply that to all the rest of the game so it was consistent I doubt the they would. Yeah. They gave up on that pretty quickly, which breaks my heart. Yeah. Anyway, believe it or not, guys, this is the Geek Week in Review. Uh, Are we not going to talk about how YouTube Twitch integration, we can make it so maybe we can broadcast gameplay while we're recording the uh, Boy Howdy podcast? Then we can get really distracted and not talk to each other. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, like, I meant to. I was trying to think of anything we could talk about interesting from what like that would mean, other than Google just buying up more shit that it doesn't need. But I don't know. Whatever. Anything that could improve. I like Twitch a lot, but anything that could improve Twitch's um, <clears throat> uh, infrastructure and how you interact with people on Twitch is could be great. Because yeah. if you two, if they could just leverage their commenting system and like make it more 
interaction friendly, that would be a good thing. As long as it doesn't fuck up, make the experience of using Twitch, either broadcasting or watching Twitch, worse on consoles. That's what I'm kind of afraid of. Yeah. Although, yeah, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but there doesn't seem to be a way to watch Twitch broadcasts on the PlayStation 4, which seems like a really weird oversight right now. We talked about it. Okay, and we I, did? Like, I can't I've, remember if I complained about this before. I've watched Twitch streams on the PS4. How? Through, like, the web browser? We, we had this exact conversation. <laughs> and you, it's, right it, now, Grumpy Curl at home was just gritting his fucking teeth like, you sons of bitches. Yeah. Well, well, I'll email you when we're done with the podcast. Okay, yeah. Gordon Willis, rest in peace. Gordon Willis. What's your favorite Gordon Willis joins? Who is Gordon Willis? He's the guy who wrote black boy and all those other african-american literary classics in the 1950s that's not nope. funny I, who, I have no idea who gordon willis is i think this is the part where i'm gonna have to edit some of this week's podcast <laughs> no gordon willis who am i thinking of is it gordon parks do you mean <laughs> I have no idea what joke you're trying is, to make. Though. I have never heard myself so thoroughly drive a steak knife through the heart of a podcast live as we're recording it, as I just did right now, <laughs> with me trying to make a joke about Gordon Parks. Yeah, famed African-American author. Uh, while we're supposed to be talking about Gordon Willis, the cinematographer of The Godfather... Because those things are just hilarious when you conflate the two together. Uh, so, spoiler, yeah, no, uh, uh, Gordon Willis was, yeah, he he's, he's, he was the director of photography on The God, Godfather. Whole shitload of other movies. Um, he was the director of photography of pro- probably Woody Allen's coolest looking movie called Manhattan, which was filmed in black and white mm. in 1979, which looks super, it's crazy like in 1979 to see anyone making still uh, black and white movies. But there's, uh, there's an iconic shot from Manhattan, which is... Uh, it's like Woody Allen and I can't remember who else he's with, but like they're overlooking the, 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 I think it's, is it the George Washington bridge or the Brooklyn bridge? It's probably the Brooklyn bridge. That movie's weird. Cause it's got this whole Gershwin soundtrack and stuff. Anyway, Gordon Willis, master of putting people in dark rooms in the Godfather and just bouncing overhead light onto them. <laughs> that was kind of like his one signature thing that he did for the Godfather. Um, so and you're a lighting expert. You should be all about this. You should just be all like, Oh, boo, 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 Gordon Willis is dead. Despite the fact that he hasn't made a movie in 20 years and you don't give a shit about The Godfather. I have never... I need to see The Godfather movies at some You've point. You've never seen any of them? Nope. Okay. No, that's fine, too. I'm not going to get all up your ass about it. I that. played the demo for The Godfather video game. The Learning Tree! That's <laughs> what I was thinking of. I remember back in high school we had to read Gordon Parks' The Learning Tree. And our teacher based... We had to write a story based on what we thought The, the Learning Tree would be based off of the cover... This okay. is how our teacher started teaching us. Have you heard of the learning tree? Um, nope. Me neither. And uh, so I wrote the story about how this black kid becomes best friend with the learning with this tree who teaches him how to play baseball. And this yeah. whole wild because I thought that I've told other people about the story uh, since then, and everyone agrees that like that is a really weird idea. To that that that, that that's like that's a, like a class. That's like, like, if you're a teacher, that's something you may make up for your students to do when you have absolutely no other, when you have a day to kill and you have no other way to, uh, 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 to fill up time is, oh, hey, write a day long book report about what you think this book is going to be based off the cover art. Cause those essays we wrote had nothing to do with the rest of us learning about that book. 
and she got really pissed off that I made such a ridiculous story about her, like, this kid learning baseball from a tree. It's, it was hilarious! It was, because uh, we had to read our stories in front of the class, too, and everyone loved my fucking story. It was the best story. Imagine Bill Mudrin. <laughs> Bill Mudrin's story about this kid learning baseball from a tree and, go, like, like trying out for, like, the, the, the Yankees. Anyway, what else? <laughs> what else? What else? Alfonso Cuaron is rumored to be in talks to direct at least the first film in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Harry Potter spinoff trilogy. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's right. He's so pissed because he really he wants to direct all, all three movies as one continuous shot, but that means he'll have to take breaks between the two separate films. He wants it to be a one six hour long shot of just, yeah. Bill, I think that joke redeemed your whole learning tree rib. <laughs> yeah, that whole, I might have to edit, take out the whole learning tree Gordon Parks part of this, this podcast this week. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, that was so a really I'll, good joke, Bill. So, rumored to be in talk. Who knows if that's actually true, but uh, that's, considering he's the guy who made the first good Harry Potter movie, some people would argue yeah. the only good Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Based largely on his directing chops. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I would love to uh, see that. The next director will be Edgar Wright. Yeah. Ooh. Do you think we're going to talk about that? No. Is okay. J.J. Uh, Abrams, Star Wars donation slash... I know that's Hey, Bill. What more on that point do you want to discuss? Who do you want to star in new Harry Potter? Who I, oh, is who your I... ideal Newt Scarwitch? Scarmander. Uh, keep in mind. How young is Newt supposed to be? Is he supposed to be like in his mid twenties? Keep in mind that's that's gonna be my point. So we know nothing about this character. All we know is he's male and he's named Newt Scar Scamander. I would want here are people I want to be in a Harry Potter movie that have not been. Yeah, Michael Sheen to continue our conversation. Okay, Mark Sheen. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's his name? Anthony Bell. What's Anthony his name? Bell. The kid who played did Tintin. What's the voice of Tintin? Oh, really? Andrew Bell, is that his name? Yeah, I like him. It was, yeah. Andrew Garfield. And Are you serious? There you go. Uh, yeah, I would want Andrew Garfield in a Harry okay. Potter movie. Andrew Garfield is a fine actor, and he is British. Oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It, it would have to be somebody in their 20s who's British. Presumably the character is British. Although he's running around, it's supposed to take place largely in New York. This is true. And, uh, this so is true. I, I had nothing to do there. I just like the idea of Alphonse Cuaron just doing Harry Potter stuff. Uh, Gemma Arterton, who I really want in a Harry Potter movie, is, oh, I can't remember her name now, um, uh, Archie Punjabi. That's who I want in a who? Harry Potter movie. She plays this character on The Good Wife that it, uh, um, this, oh, like, Archie detective. Punjabi, okay. Yeah, I want her in a Harry Potter movie. She would be Is really she just a good balls. actress or is she cute or? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would kind of want her to be a wizarding badass in wizarding New York in the 20s. Imagine, remember, rad. these are the movies also being written from the ground up by J.K. Rowling, too. So, yeah, that, yeah. that combination of the, her and Alphonse Cuaron. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, in my perfect go, world. We could, yeah, we could move forward. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Uh, let's see. J.J. <laughs> Abrams, Star Wars donation slash onset video. Bill, explain this to me. Did you not see this? No. Annie, I'm going to tell you all about this. In the most <laughs> prolonged, <laughs> verbal, fucked up way possible. No, so J.J. Uh, Abrams is essentially auctioning, auctioning off just a quick uh, uh, walk-on role for episode 7 uh, by, if you donate to UNICEF, 
And mm. if you do it through this website, you're essentially entering yourself into this lottery to be in episode seven for 10 seconds and probably get edited out and <laughs> never actually end up in the finished film. Yep. But uh, so in order to announce this contest that benefits UNICEF, uh, he did it through a onset video from Tatooine. He didn't say it's Tatooine, but it's it's him out in the desert in this fucked up little desert town with like this weird alien guy with cages and shit on his back. Like, walking past him, just kind of, like, nonchalantly, yeah. which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very cute. But it's everyone's first look at, like, uh, one of the sets from uh, the new Star Wars movie. And that's obviously, it's fucking Tatooine. And none yeah. of the characters. Which is really, going back to the John Boyega thing, the guy from Attack the Block, uh, he posted on Instagram a quick little vine of himself going to work on the set of the new Star Wars. And you kind of see him, and you kind of know what the hell's going on. He's like, he's like, hello, I'm on my way to work. And he t- suddenly turns his phone around. You see, like, he's on the back of a camel, and the and the <laughs> main chicky from the new Star Wars, she's on the camel right in front of him, and they're just going over the sand dune. You don't see any of the set; they're just like, you know, going through these nondescript desert sand dunes. But it was just kind of funny that just him just like posting this video of himself out just out in the desert, just like going to work. So it was cute. Yeah. So uh, that's that's our this week in Star Wars. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. And Bill, just so you know, God bless you, Daniel. Grumpy Turtle just chimed in on our chat. Uh, saying there's an icon on the PS4 called Live from PlayStation. Yeah, you can watch Twitch and you play streams there. Oh, uh, okay. Because I was looking for like an app or something, like some kind of specific program or like. Uh, yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Thank you, Grumpy Turtle. Because the the Xbox One Twitch app for watching stuff keeps on it keeps on bugging out. We're all all fired up and it queues up, but there's no text for some reason. It loses all the text, so I get like icons and stuff, but I can't click on anything. It's, like, very buggy. It's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a mess. So I was looking for any excuse just to watch it on the PlayStation 4, especially because the PlayStation yeah. 4 is the only console I'm really using right now. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, another movie news. Gareth Edwards and Gary Whitta are doing a Star Wars spin-off. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a continuation of this week in Star Wars. Uh, Gareth Edwards is the guy who directed the new Godzilla movie. Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out who he is. Because Gary Whitta, I know, he did, uh, he was one of the writers on, um... Walking Dead, the game. Yeah, which and no one he's likes. written. Yeah, he's written. He wrote After Earth, which again critically acclaimed. After Earth, <laughs> also critically acclaimed. Not Life of Pi. What was? Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't he an editor for PC Gamer? At he one was time? the editor in chief. Like, yeah. just, like, a decade ago. Not that long ago, too. So it's weird to see some guy who's essentially, like, the Jeff Green. He's, like, just some schlub. Is yeah. now, like, writing the new Star Wars movie. And everyone's trying to figure out how because everything he's written has kind of been terrible. Who knows <laughs> if it's his fault. And it's, well, at least it's Holly, his movie projects. Uh, yeah, his his two big movies to his name, it's, yeah, it's After Earth and the terrible movie where it turns out uh, Denzel Washington is blind. The, fu- uh, the oh, Book, the of, book Eli. of Eli. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I thought it was called The Book of Pi. The Life of Pi? <laughs> That's your... your... Your book of book of pie slash or no life of pie book of Eli. That's my book of boy pie. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are his two movie credits, and those movies are fucking terrible, and they are badly written. It's not like it's a good script and it's just like directed incompetently or their acting is bad. It's it's weird to see that. Yeah, he he is writing, and Gareth Edwards, the Godzilla guy, is directing the first Star Wars spinoff, which is coming out a year after the next after Episode Seven. Essentially, hmm. they haven't announced like what the spinoff, which character the spinoff is going to be about. So who the fuck knows? Although, what what Star Wars spinoff character do you give the guy who just directed Godzilla? Yeah, and it's kind of weird. And uh, so Gareth Edwards, his history was he was a special effects guy. 
who I guess he, his first uh, film Monsters was benefited a lot from his CGI know-how and that fact and the fact that he could kind of render a lot of special effects himself, and uh, which made him you know ideal choice to make a Godzilla movie. You get a guy who starts off you know as a special effects guy that totally makes sense. So I, I kind of wonder if maybe it's not the Yoda movie. Because it's, hmm. assuming Yoda would be a computer-generated character, it makes sense that you would get the like the special effects-heavy guy to direct that movie. I don't know. So, hmm. interesting. Who who should who are we talking about? Who should direct the Han Solo movie? I thought we had a conversation about this. Oh shit! Who did we? Because we were talking about directly? obviously you get Amy Hennig to make the Han Solo game. No, oh, you get Edgar Wright to do the Han Solo movie. Did we come to that conclusion? Yeah. Well, see, that's I remember what you're talking. Yeah, go ahead. Because I want Edgar Wright to do a Star Wars. Do we say Brad Bird should do the Han Solo movie? We were talking about Brad Bird should do a Star Wars. We should write all this down. I can't down. believe that we can't remember our Star Wars fan Any, like filmography. Can you create a wiki for us about our opinions about who should direct what Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> you can go alongside your new Lego wiki for your uh, little furry characters. <laughs> Which Annie, you should totally do because I would read the hell out of that. Kid, I had these little figurines that I would build the Lego shit for, yeah. and they were all little. They were all little dogs, and I'd make little outfits for them. And they were um, soldiers in a military base called Fort Kavak. And I had all these maps of Fort Kavak and all these drawings of other characters. What's Kavak? Like, what is for. it? Kavak is a misspelling of Kavik, K-A-V-I-K, oh, like, like which Lady is some Pooh sort style? of it, it's some sort of native. Um, term for, um, and I apologize, I don't know from where, for um, half dog, half wolf. Okay. Picked up from a book somewhere. But anyway, uh, Fort Quebec, I had little index cards where I wrote all the bio and everything, like all the important information, height, weight. That is going to uh, be precious. Fighting skills, um, preferred weapon, all that stuff. And then I on one side, and uh, on the other side I had a drawing of what they looked like. And, I, and then on to confirm that it was an official Fort Kavak piece of documentation, I stamped it. And the only dog stamp I had was like this little droopy looking like a basset hound face. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was like the official Fort Kavak certification. Does and any of this still exist? I went looking for it back in Texas and I could not find it. Oh anything. my god! Because your dad could find that stuff. and throw that on top of the Legos and mail that to you. Oh shit! Uh, I found a lot of good stuff, but I could not find any of that. Oh so, man, um, that's fantastic. Anyway, so yeah, now I'm 30 years old, and I'm like, how do I remember the story of uh, Gwen, the, the owner of the Last Gasp Saloon, and uh, the story of her sister, um, uh, Alexis, <laughs> and how they came to the small town? We've got to figure this all out. Do it. You can take like really nice little photo- uh, photographs of the characters, and like, oh man, it'd be great. Yeah. Uh huh. Great. No, no, I know it. Great is the word. Uh, anyway, well, in other news, Edgar Wright left Ant Man. So, he has been working with Marvel on an Ant Man film for the last ten years, and that was the only reason anyone cared about an Ant Man movie. He was integral to building the entire Marvel cinematic. Yeah, that universe. was. He was one of the carrots. Kind of like Marvel was dangling in front of all the nerds, like, "Oh, hey, we got Edgar Wright. He's gonna be making this Ant Man movie." And uh, well, when the first news first broke, I thought maybe what was happening was essentially, especially if they're now uh, trying to like, it seems like they're trying to figure out who's going to be directing what Star Wars movies. I thought maybe this this meant he just got bumped up to doing a Star Wars. 
I hope so. Like, I hope that that is what happens. No, but th- the same afternoon this news broke, uh, rumors came out that uh, it's it's actually not, he's, he essentially quits. Th- yeah, it turns out it was thing. creative differences. Yeah, that, that, well, specifically yeah. what happened was, so, do you, have you ever heard about, like, how the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe came came about, or who, like, who was in charge of it? This guy named Kevin Feig. I know of him, but... Yeah, he's anyway, kind of the continue. producer of all the Marvel stuff. He's, he's the guy, essentially, when... Marvel decided that they wanted to start making their own movies instead of letting other people stuff. They decided they needed one guy who was going to make all the creative decisions. Sure. So they hired this guy, Kevin Feige, and he's the guy who essentially turned around and said, when you know they were making Iron Man, instead of instead of saying, oh, let's get Michael Bay to direct and we'll get well, whatever the hottest, sexiest, newest star is to play um, Iron Man, he was the guy like, makes more sense to hire someone who's indie, who's cheaper, who knows, who knows how to direct people better. Let's get Jon Favreau. And instead mm-hmm. of splurging for like you know like a twenty million dollar new hottest star, let's 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 get somebody who actually fits the character. Let's mm-hmm. let's get you know uh, Robert Downey Jr. And and he was the guy who said, okay, well with Avengers we should get somebody who's really good with writing a large cast of characters and who knows how to write and direct like supernatural bullshit. Let's get Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so far Disney has been very smart and essentially just trusting all these basic uh, creative decisions to this one guy. And supposedly what happened was um, Edgar Wright submitted his... He, he and Joe Cornish, the guy who wrote directed uh, uh, Attack the Block, they submitted their screenplay to Disney for the Ant-Man movie. And the uh, business guys, the, the bean counters above this Kevin Feig guy, they essentially went over his head and said, this movie's too weird. We don't, yeah. don't want to... Like, we like what you've done so far with this Marvel Universe so far, Kevin Feig. But we're gonna go over your head on this one, and we're gonna demand the script be written because this is too fucking weird. And so supposedly this week is when uh, Edgar Wright got the rewritten screenplay back. Someone, because it's funny because he wrote with George Cornish this movie, and so yeah. Marvel or Disney suddenly took the screenplay away, gave it to somebody else, rewrote it, and gave it back to him. And supposedly he got that script this week and said, "Ah, fuck it, this 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 is not what I want to direct." And so he won. Yeah. Supposedly that's what happened. Who knows really what happened? But that's. It's it's really weird that Disney would choose right now to make it this 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 the first call where they come in and say hey you know what we're we're, we're gonna actually interfere creatively with what's going on with this universe which seems like a bad decision because like I said Mar- like uh uh what's his face directing an Ant Man movie it was like like a cornerstone of a lot of people's excitement for this Marvel stuff mm-hmm. and I don't know, we'll see what happens in the future but. I love that they're like, we'll give Paul Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like, what is it? What in that is palatable that an Edgar Wright Ant Man yeah, with Paul Rudd? How fucked up Rudd... was that Ant Man script? I seriously <laughs> did, did Ant Man like shit Beatles or like what the hell? Like, uh, at the end of the day, I am really just excited for the chance for Edgar Wright to work on something that's not Ant-Man. You know, that's another thing, nice thing, too. But he's wasted, like, the last two or three years because he wrote that movie. A lot of time. He casted it. He was doing all the design work up until just like, even a couple weeks ago. He's still tweeting about, like, oh, yeah, we're getting ready for filming. Because uh, that movie comes out a year from now. It comes out, like, like like I think next June. So that means they yeah. pretty much have to start filming in the next month or two. And yeah. so this is pretty much the last possible moment he could have backed out of the movie. With giving Disney enough time to find someone else to come in. And like I said, when the news first broke, I thought maybe, yeah, this is going to be an amicable thing. And maybe, yeah, uh, 
maybe uh, Edgar Wright just got bumped up to Star Wars, and maybe he'll, he would just bring in Joe Cornish to actually finish, film the movie, especially because yeah. he already knows the material. He could easily direct it. You know, he, knew, he knows what he's doing. But that does not seem to be the case, unfortunately. So. Boo. And if, he, if, if Edgar Wright left... In that kind of way, so much for Edgar Wright probably ever directing a Star Wars 2, which is even a bigger bummer. So, I don't know, and so, of course, this is leading to a lot of people worrying if this may be the first crack in the Marvel universe, if this may be the... Because the, the, the... it's inevitable these Marvel movies are going to start. The, 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 this can't last forever. There's got to be there's got to be a downfall eventually, because some people are already worrying that this may be it's the first It's just a time. corporation. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, you know... yeah. It's a business. They're going to make business-oriented decisions. Mm. They have been incredibly lucky this far. They were lucky just to even make it as far as the Avengers. Well, this is one of the central tenets of Slings and Arrows, is the conflict between commerce and art. And where does art fall when commerce comes into play? That was very deep. That was a good accent, <laughs> too. Thanks. I don't know where it was from, but... <laughs> uh... Okay, so everyone's been talking about She-Hulk this week, and maybe you know a little bit better about this. Oh, I forgot to David... read more about this, because I didn't. I only oh. heard the, like, the highlights of this. So, uh, David S. Goyer, who is the, uh, what, Kevin Feig, or Paul Feig, whatever his name is, is to Marvel. David Goyer kind of is to the DC Unfortunately universe. for DC. Yeah, so he's he's been, you know, central to all of the um, Batman, Superman's, like, all the the most recent DC movies, he's had yeah. a pretty strong hand in. And so he came out and said that She-Hulk is nothing more than a male fantasy? Power yeah, fantasy? he was talking about how it's the ultimate fantasy because she's sexy and she's strong. But if you could dominate her, it's like a virtual fantasy of, like, a woman being that strong would be the ultimate fantasy to dominate her. Which is just really very telling of David Goyer. <laughs> yeah, David Goyer is known... I've heard lots of stories about how, personally, he's a creep. And B, uh, supposedly he's not a very good writer. And a lot of... He's very lucky to be in the situation he is now. That he's essentially yeah. tied himself to Christopher Nolan and those guys. Yeah. And that he's contributed elements to those, like, the, you know, the Batman scripts and all that stuff. The Dark Knight and stuff. Even though most of his work gets chucked out because he is a fucking terrible writer, supposedly... Uh, which with the kind of the proof is in the pudding that he created the live action Blade TV show that came out a couple of years ago, yeah. which got shut down after like six episodes because it was fucking abysmal, and pretty much anything this guy's done by himself has been fucking god awful, and it's only by virtue of the fact that he's kind of clung on to these other people who are more talented than him that he's managed to become like the central figure in the DC cinematic universe. I can't believe we're talking about all this shit about like different comic book the, companies. The thing is, the real upswing has been that. I was I barely tuned to that guy because I basically heard the gist of it. I was like, yeah. fuck that guy and walked away. And uh, the upswing has been how many... Uh, the response on my Twitter feed has been all these people who are discovering the She-Hulk comics now and are being delighted by it. She-Hulk sounds like a comic book character that shouldn't exist. Well, apparently... And I'm talking out of turn oh. now, and I'm sure that uh, Clamity John will eventually listen to this and uh, want to school me a little bit, but apparently she's a lawyer. Yeah, no, she's a lawyer, yeah. And Which she hulks out, of... but she keeps her intelligence. I think that's the thing where she that's hulks... kind of fantastic. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she she she's just super smart with strength that she could crush your brain like a grape. So basically, she should be my favorite superhero. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> so yeah, yeah, hopefully this news makes more fans out of She Hulk. But of course, it's news out of this guy being very reductionist about the characters, talking about how yeah. she pretty much exists as this domination, this figure to be dominated by fucking jerks. So more women need to be telling stories about women. 
that's he's that's a perfect example been... of why there needs to be less guys and more women telling stories. Just because he, and like, it's not like he's the only creep working on Hollywood or the only creep working Ew. in the comic book industry. It's just he's very indicative of the most stereotypical, like, fucking idiot dude yep. bullshit. Fuck David S. Goyer. Every time I see him, oh, like, fucking everyone raving about the Dark Knight, and I see that guy's fucking name on the poster, I just want to fucking punch it just because that guy seems, seems like it's just a fucking sleaze bag. Anyway, what else? Anyway, in other news, Bill pointed out to the. John Dykstra diorama? Dykstra? So close. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Again, I didn't flesh out the show notes. John Dykstra... He, oh, man, this is even more Star Wars bullshit. Uh, John Dykstra was the special effects... Uh, one head, head of the special effects guys on the original Star Wars movie. And Wait, is this a miniature of the ILM miniature shop? Is there a link to that? Are you looking at that now? You have a link to the show yeah. notes, yeah. So someone, some German guy out of the blue decided to build a little action figure diorama of his Industrial Light Magic Workshop while he's uh, shooting a blue screen footage of the Millennium Falcon. And so, it's yeah, adorable. it's a little blue screen stage, and there's like a whole table full of X-Wing fighter models and a it's whole adorable. little tiny little Okay, board. this is actually kind of brilliant. Yeah! <laughs> The blue screen actually lights up. It's like a little mini blue screen, and there's a whole motion control camera with like a light up motion control computer attached to it. And oh, it's in his little workshop off to the side. There's all these um bits and pieces of of cast pieces from the Death Star surface model uh, for the end of the movie. And all. it's just it's, it's, it's this is kind of adorable. It's, it's really cute. It only no, super super nerds are really only going to care about that. But it's just out of the. This blue. is Bill Bates. Yeah, no, this it's, is it's literal Bill, Bill Bates. Bait. Yeah. I hate to always turn the Geek Week news and review into Bill Bates, but that's one of those things where I gotta come on. You gotta talk about that. Bill, thing. when you drive the car, I can't complain when you stop at your favorite. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too, because like you should enjoy him because I think he was also uh, he's the special effects guy who uh he's like in charge of like the spider-man movies the sam raimi spider-man movies and stuff like that so it's funny that he went from oh i'm gonna shoot the millennium falcon to being the guy who was like in charge of spider-man swinging from rooftop to rooftop beating up the green goblin or no green goblin Thanks got for... stabbed with the gut by his own surfboard right boy you are asking the wrong person no! it's very cute that you think getting me to participate is talking about spider-man movies that i barely remember anything else <laughs> what happened was that the first spider-man movie all I remember, here's all my memories of all the Spider-Man <laughs> movies combined. Tobey Maguire's a mook. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mary Jane whistles really well. Does she? Um, Don't they kiss upside down? They kiss upside down. There's a pizza place. There's a pizza place? Yeah, duh, fucking, what's his, maybe it's in the second movie, but, like, I, I thought Peter Parker See, works for a pizza place. Uh, what's his butt from this, that 70s show shows up? Ashton Kutcher? No other what's his butt. Oh, he she plays the shadow or the phantom. And Alfred Alfred Molina. This is all I remember from oh, Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or not Star Wars, fucking Spider Man. <laughs> I remember Oh, this is this neither here or there. Okay, Bill's gonna have one more Star Wars freak out. So John Dykstra, this it. guy in this diorama. Uh-huh. Guess what the latest movie he worked on it was he was one of the special effects heads of Godzilla. He's best We've buddies. Full circle, Lord. He's best buddies with this Gareth Edwards guy, which means that he's probably going to be coming back to Star Wars for the, for the first time because he only worked on the first Star Wars movie, and uh, yeah. So, as a, a special effects like and Star Wars geek, John Dykstra coming back to Star Wars is is, is that makes me super happy. <laughs> as well, it should, my friend. Yeah. So. In other news, Tarantino is thinking about airing a four-hour cut of Django Unchained as a cable TV miniseries. Yeah, this is another case of Tarantino just talking out of his ass just in an interview. I mean, this is the same mode where he goes into where he starts, 
Wasn't he talking about Kill Bill? He was in 15 years after Kill Bill came out, he was going to make Kill Bill 3 that was going to be about the daughter of Vernina yeah. Green or whatever her name was. Yeah, yeah. That was 10 years ago. That was 11 years ago. Yep. That means if he's going to do that, he's got to get that shit done in the next four years. Dude, Tarantino, he's a crazy motherfucker. He's not going to because that's one of those things where you like in an interview, which is randomly, he's essentially just thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah, because he's got he's always had all these plans. Like Glorious Bastards was going to be the first start of World War th- of a World War Two trilogy, and like all he, this other he stuff. He wrote he wrote another one, and it got fucking leaked, and he threw a shit fit. Yeah. I'm just saying, dude. Um, dude, dude's stated intentions are he they may not come to fruition, but that doesn't mean he's not intended. To I do like them. it that he's always thinking, but like I I always picture him at, the, at, at when he's at a, at an interview the press it's just him not talking much as much of the press as much he's kind of leaning back in the chair and just saying out loud everything that comes to him where it's like on Django and chain uh four what if i had a pair of pants made out of gummy bears i'm thinking about maybe have you ever thought about feet (laughs) (laughs) they're pretty cool Um, do you think do you ever think about if your if your dick could fit between a woman's toes? Oh man! On in the in the the chat, uh, uh, Monica Woods listening to the podcast pointed out to go back to my Harry Potter casting yeah. that Archie Punjabi is English. So Ooh. you know, it'd also she, be nice to get more people of different nationalities in that Harry Potter bullshit. Yeah, can't be all just be pasty fucking English people. Yeah, that's why I felt bad. I'm like, I can't just list have a list of white American act or oh. white uh, male actors. Newt so. Scamander has got to be played by John Boyega. <laughs> you get you get a <laughs> yeah. super badass British guy. You get he's the male, he's British, end. and he's yeah. super awesome, and he's also a minority. There we go. Yes. Well done, Bill. Okay, so sorry. Back to show notes. Thank you, Monica. That makes me smile. I keep I forgot about call that. Him J- uh, John Boyard <laughs> I'm glad you think that too, because every time you say boy, I'm like, RD? I want to say, like, when I was watching his Instagram of him on the camel, bitches. I was like, oh man, some beefaroni sounds really good right about now. Or, I think, Bodega. Yeah, well, like, that's neighborhood you know what, Aaron, whenever I try to type his name on Twitter, uh, it auto-cracks to Bodega. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Which, by the way, makes me the worst kind of asshole, because I've spent my whole life being Fanny Baloney, and you think <laughs> I would have no tolerance for that for other people, but no. Fanny Baloney? Fanny Baloney. Fuck it. In other news, uh, there is a $350 one-quarter scale Garrus statue. Click that link. See what you think. Fully. Oh, you guys already know about this? Oh, yeah, um, friend of the podcast and beloved listener Sid was telling me about this. Oh, okay. Foley was too funny. She was like, you don't really want this, though, right? And I was like, no, of course not. She's like, because we already have a Garrus figure. I'm like, mm-hmm. Is, is, yep. it, is it 21 inches tall? No, it is not. Oh, it man. is 14 There's inches tall. Room. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I could put all my hats on him. This is a pretty fucking astonishing action figure, you guys. I gotta say. When you think about it, that's cheaper than the like three hundred seventy five dollar Nathan Drake statue that I didn't buy. Mm-hmm, so really, it's you're just, saving you know, money all over the place. Boy, howdy, aren't I though? My goodness. Oh, in other news, uh, next week is the debut of the Lego Ecto One set. Woo, just Did tell you, you know I about this? I think I the podcast with more Lego talk. 
And did I, I didn't know did about I... this until you told me. Well, I heard I had heard that people had been petitioning for a Ghostbusters Lego set, but I didn't realize it had actually been uh, made like they they actually made it official. Also, that it comes out next week. Yeah. So you get all so, four Ghostbusters. It's it's adorable. Yeah, I saw I saw this when I was trolling the Lego website for more yeah. animals to be in my western town, and I was like, "Fellas, to know about this." I'm my tempted. God. It's fifty bucks. And it's, it seems like a small set. It's just a car and two people in the four Ghostbusters. But man, like I said, I want to see if I can get that to fit with the DeLorean into the Simpsons garage, which I, which I still have yet to build. I'm waiting for a rainy day to build that Simpsons house. Yeah. But if I have two li- officially licensed geeky movie, 80s movies cars, I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying. What I love is that Lego has this whole thing where you can like post Lego like build concepts and if you get enough of interest, it'll be reviewed by the Lego Review Board and possibly become a figure. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Minecraft set came from. Yeah. But I love that this, this has resulted in Minecraft, uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, and then the Curiosity Rover. Oh, the Curiosity <laughs> Rover is one of those. They have a Curiosity yeah. Rover Lego? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's sold out Oh, fuck. I'd love that. But yeah, it just cracks you up. I'm like, it's almost like nerds like this stuff. Yeah. Also, did you know Noids. they started adding extra gummy bears to the gummy bears later on? <laughs> Was there a gummy bear in a wheelchair? <laughs> it's the 80s. I would be kind of surprised. There was uh, Augustus Gusto Gummy, an artistic individualist gummy, stranded on a desert island for 12 years. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm still reading the goddamn gummy bears Wikipedia. <laughs> That's okay, because I've moved on to looking at ideas.lego.com, which is the website where you can post your suggestions. And what cracks me up about it is the most popular this week are the Avengers Helicarrier. Yeah. Um, and AT, a giant at, at Walker. Um, the X-Mansion. Oh, that would actually be kind of cute. From architectural, any kind of ar- architectural Lego sets are always kind of cool. Well, that's the thing, because I, in the need for my Lego town, am always looking at, um, like, uh, like what can I do? What can I do? What can I find oh, to add to my western town? You know what they could do in a pinch, and they wouldn't even have to do that much work, because half their sets are kind of like this anyway? A Music Man Lego set. This is true. Because they already do have Lego Bill- sets that are essentially like 1912, like, Iowa kind of shit. They have an Adventure Time Lego set in review, a Legend of Zelda set in review. Oh, man. Oh, I didn't get a chance to mention this, but I was I started watching the TV show called World of Gumball this week. I haven't heard of it. I'll, t- I'll save it for next week. I'll, I'll also watch more of it next week. Uh, this, their third episode does involve the main character cross-dressing in his mother's wedding dress, which is great for a kid's cartoon. Everyone thinks he's a beautiful lady and starts hitting on him. He starts freaking out. It's, it's very cute. Oh man! But oh man! Fucking yeah! No Lego. Annie, would Lego. you start considering? Or would you would you consider submitting an idea? Well, you know what kills me is I went looking because I really want a saloon for my western town. Specifically, I want a bar interior that all my figures can be yeah. in, like a little vignette sort of thing. And I found a Lego saloon that had been submitted to this review process. And after review, the Lego board rejected it because of other items in their planned line. Mm. And I'm like, does that mean they're bringing western Legos back? And that's officially me thinking way too much about Legos. I'm sorry for always talking about Legos all the time, everybody, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm you know really what? Excited. Now, I, we need to combine these two and actually have a gummy bear hideout Lego set. 
I'm sure you're going to get all the backers your heart desires, my friend. I mean, come on, Disney's already making, they're already making Disney license. If they're doing Marvel, wait, is, is there Marvel X-Men? There's got to be, like, Marvel uh, Legos, right? I've seen, yes, I've seen, like, there's Spider-Man and the Avengers. I don't know about the X-Men. Just because, well, if Disney's already working with Lego anyway, man, Disney afternoon Lego sets. Oh, man, imagine, like, you Scrooge McDuck's I'm mansion? sure both people who bought that would love it. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck's mansion! I mean, you just think it's essentially just a box full Actually, of 8,000 tiny, like, little, like, little, like, 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 little... Yeah, his bank, things. his vault. Yeah, yeah that would be astonishing. That would be astonishing. You better hide out. Hey, everybody, believe it or not, this was our uh, oddly Lego-centric episode of the Boy Hattie Podcast. We're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter's boyhattypodcast.com is our website there you can use our contact form to email us with any thoughts feelings or questions and uh we'll talk to y'all next week probably about more legos maybe god help us all yeah send us emails about what lego sets <laughs> yeah we should all work together had... to submit to the lego people i did have two things i wanted to bring up with the boy howdy nation this week one was if y'all have any suggestions on my lego saloon or other lego sets that can be used to be part of my western town Man. for example there is a monster hunter set of a haunted house and that haunted house with some modifications could be a fine western house if y'all have any other thoughts or feelings, please let me know. Also, I'll just say on their behalf, friends of the podcast, um, Sid, uh, Maxwell Motley, and I Hate DRM, aka Jacob, are talking about playing Borderlands 2 uh, through Steam. So if y'all have Borderlands 2 on your PC and are inclined to play, you should have those Oh, I know kids. that I'm was super sure. cheap, like, not that long ago, where you could buy, like, four copies of Borderlands 2 for, like, 40 bucks or something. I think they're all members of the Boy Hattie podcast group on Steam, and uh, maybe I'll go play together. I gotta say, every time I see y'all interact on Twitter, knowing that Boy Howdy brought y'all together, it warms my little heart. So thank you for warming my little, gnarled, broken little heart. Friends. I mean, Tailspin Legos, come on. Alright, friends, <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next week. It's so obvious, it's right there. Hello? Hi. What's so obvious? It's right there. Oh, I totally burped up at the end. Oh, my connection kind of went sk uh, crazy at the end there. Okay. Well, it's a great high-energy conclusion to this episode of the Boy High Podcast. What? We'll talk to you all next week, friends. <laughs> no, I was going to say Tailspin Legos. <laughs> Bye, you That's guys. That's how I'm I'm just looking at, you know what, I really am just looking at the Disney <laughs> afternoon, uh, just the listing of all the shows they had. I'm like, you know what, Gargoyles Lego, I mean, that's architectural, come on. <laughs> Chippendale Rescue Rangers, well, that's funny, that'd make a great Lego set because that's in scale to gerbils. <laughs> you can just build, like, like an actual life-size, like, apple, and that's, like, your, like, your, your yeah. We'll talk to y'all next week. Take care, guys. Everything is awesome Everything is cool when you're part of a team Everything is awesome When we're living our dream No need to rock the boat When we stick together Side by side, playing right in, fitting in forever. Let's party forever. We're the same. I'm like you, you're like me. When we're
live that dream.